The views and opinions of today's broadcast are not necessarily the views and opinions of the TJRS radio network. Thank you for being a loyal listener and enjoy the show. Online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS radio network. You may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Good morning and welcome to the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show, the show where we discuss politics, social issues affecting people of color, and every now and then a little comedy as well. Now here's your host, Jay Ryle. Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. And today is March 27th, 2022. And here are the topics that will be discussed on this week's edition of the serious side of the Jay Brown Show. Robert Costa and Bob Woodward have uncovered text messages between the wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas and President Trump's top aide, in which she repeatedly pushed to overturn the 2020 presidential election. Josh Hawley of Missouri has been working so hard to insinuate that Judge Jackson, a Harvard-educated 51-year-old mother of two daughters, is somehow cool with child pornography. They've been beating this drum for three full days now until finally Dick Durbin, who's the chair of the Judiciary Committee, had enough. Uh, you have done what 80% of the judges have done. You're in the mainstream of sentencing when it comes to child pornography cases. I also think it's ironic that the senator from Missouri who unleashed this uh, discredited attack refuses to acknowledge that his own choice for federal judge in the Eastern District of Missouri has done exactly what you did. And at that moment, for the first time in his life, Josh Hawley realized that he sucks. Right now, folks, hundreds of workers are out of a job as the Black News Channel announces it's going to be shutting down. The challenge is that while our conscious selves are egalitarian, we still hold these unconscious or somewhat implicit biases. Online radio at its best. Hey, Tiffany Robinson here. I want to share something with you right quick. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, and I'm coming from the Amplified Version. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition, definite requests with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. If we look at the definition of anxiety, a feeling of worry, nervousness, unease, typically about something with an uncertain outcome, it's almost like we we naturally flock to worry and anxiety. But the scripture clearly tells us, Amplified Version, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Now, we can easily say that's easier said than done. And for for whomever this may be for, Holy Spirit was ministering to me. When we think about the scripture that tells us to cast all of our cares upon him for he cares for us. We may not just naturally know how to do that. That is why it is so important. The Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs, and we've covered this scripture a number of times, lean not to thine own understanding, but acknowledge God in all of our ways, and he will direct our path. If we don't know how to not worry, 
It is okay to talk to God about that. He's already all-knowing. There's a situation or there's a circumstance that has come up in my life, and God, I just don't know how not to stress over this. I don't know how not to worry over this. Show me, teach me, lead me, guide me, direct me. It is okay to ask for help. I can't emphasize that enough. It is okay to ask, God, show me how to release this. God, show me how not to stress over this. God, show me how not to be burdened with this. We all face situations and circumstances that are out of our control. But thanks be to God, we know who is in control. Lord, if I have a problem with trusting you, show me through your Holy Spirit. Show me through your word how to trust you, how to release some things, how to not be anxious, how to not be worried. Four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's the serious side of the J. Ross Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Of course, I'm J. Ross. Thank you guys for being a part of what we do on a beautiful Sunday morning. I hope you guys are experiencing the weather that we are experiencing in H-Town. But as always, I never share this stage by myself. Vanessa Maybell is in the house. Mr. Les is in the house as well. Let's say good morning to the crew. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Good morning, my brother. Good morning, Les. I'm glad that you're here today. And it is a beautiful Sunday morning. It is. It's a beautiful Sunday morning. I hope you guys are enjoying the weather. Beautiful, beautiful. And speaking of Mr. Elias, Dominicus, the first and last word. He is in the place to be as well. What's up, my brother? How are you? Welcome back in. Okay, good morning, good morning, good morning, and good morning, Nessa, good morning, Rich Sister, good morning, Kathleen, good morning, Momo B, good morning, Marianne Music, and good morning, my brother, Hope, and good morning, my brother, Jerome. Good morning to you. Mr. Jerome Esprit usually joins us after his commitment to Clear Channel Radio, but until then, we kind of hold it down. Once again, the number is 347 Now, you know, if you've been listening to this show, you know what time it is. This is the time of the show where I'd like to call personal privilege, where we take a few minutes to talk about some things that we're not going to cover during the course of the show. And I've been waiting all week to ask this man this question. He wasn't here last week, but I wanted to get his opinion on this. Leia Thomas, the transgender uh, female athlete that won an NCAA swimming championship. Uh, Mr. Elias, what are your thoughts on a transgender student participating in female sports? I, you know, my personal opinion is wrong, man. Those, these some of these women train their whole careers for this opportunity to, to perform. And if you were born a man, Hey, man, if you want to become a woman, that's fine, but you shouldn't be able to participate in uh, the sports with these women, man, because you do have an uncertain, uh, unfair advantage. And that, that, and that, in that instance, this man was the last, well, this, this transgender was the last, uh, and, and his... And he his, was ranked uh, 439th or something as a uh, male uh, swimmer, but then as he, when he moved over to female, he became numero uno. <laughs> Yeah, so that that's evident that 
he um, yeah, that that that, that man, it, it, it's a difference. So I, I don't agree with it. I don't. I no, I don't agree with it at all. Well, let me make sure. Well, let me make sure I'm clear with this though. So you're saying if he had had a sex change, would it have been better for you? I know if you if you were born a man, you should you know you should I mean, if you want to become a woman. That's your that's your that's your preference. I don't have a problem with okay. What I do have a problem with you you're competing you're competing against these women who've trained all their lives. You know okay. I have a problem. With so it. okay, so even if they've had the sex change and all those different things, you don't think that they should participate in female sports if they were born a man. Right. Okay. That's what about favorite. the other way around? Well, what if, what about the other way around? What if you born same, a woman same, and same, uh, same thing? Same okay. way. Right. Fair same enough. Way. Same thing. Fair enough. All right. Well, well, listen, I just wanted to get your opinion on it because we talked about it last week, and I was dying to hear what you were going to say about that. But I'm glad you clarified it. So there you go. Mr. Elias's opinion on last week's topic, controversial topic about uh, Leah Thomas, the uh, transgender uh, person that uh, participated in female sports last week and actually won a championship. And, in some areas of the world, well, the nation, he's being applauded. And there are others who are saying, no, don't think so. Uh, we're not down with it. Okay, now, Momo B has raised her hand. And since she has that platinum <laughs> member, uh, family member card, we're going to do something mm-hmm. we normally don't do. Remember now, if you're just a regular person, you're not getting in at this segment. But because it's Momo Beezy and she is a family member, I guess we would have to let her in, Mr. Elias. Good morning, Momo. <laughs> What say you? Good I know morning. your hand went Good up morning. as soon as that we started talking about it. Yes, ma'am. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. I don't want to leave nobody out. You know, I don't never be knowing when Vanessa's here. You're like, Vanessa's here, too. Good morning, Vanessa. No tips or nothing. No nothing. Just good morning, everyone. Good morning. Like no, good morning. No. No. I just, I, you no. know. Anyways, I wanted to chime in because I agree with Mr. L E S. Yes, I do. I always do. Boo, hey, sir. Anyway, um, I mean, <laughs> but but however, however, I used to when I was in my younger days. I used to have to play basketball, and I was very good at it, actually. So, so when I, I say all this to say, look, I didn't even say nothing, but I said, I'm saying this to say that if I, let's say I decided to become a man, I guess. Yeah, let's say if I decided to become a man, and I want to do professional basketball, and I'm good, I'm, I really am good. Then that would that would take away from me being good because I used to be a girl, and and I went out there and was facing it on the court. I'm doing my thing, which I've been doing even when I was a girl. I've been doing it, so now that's gonna take away from my skill, Miss Elias. I'm just asking. Uh, I, could you repeat the question more? Well, I got distracted. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got distracted. I did honestly. I did. No, but the the, the, it, the thing is, you said this yeah, I, man I, I, mm-hmm. changed into a girl, and he and like, mm-hmm. and I agree with that because he he was stronger. He's stronger. He was four thirty nine mm-hmm. in the men's team, and now he done came and became a woman or want to be a woman, whatever he is. And he 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 was rocking it in the girls' thing. Of course, that's just like running mm-hmm. track, facing. I was a track 
star in my day. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to, if you're a man or a boy back then, and you want to come over here, you're going to beat me. I would beat all these girls now, here you come. No, that's not right. <laughs> that's not right. I don't think so. Right. But now what I'm saying is if I'm a girl playing basketball, and I say basketball because that's a skill that really don't take no strength, quote, unquote. It just takes skill more than strength. So if I'm doing my basketball thing as a girl and then I want to be a boy, oh, boy, this doesn't even sound right. But now I'm on the boys' team and I'm doing my thing and I'm good, They going by your logic, they can sit my butt down and say, no, you can't, you can't win because you a girl, but now you're beating the boys. You got to have, you got to be fair on both sides. So if he can't win because he's a boy on a girl's team, then I shouldn't be able to win if I'm a girl on a boy's team. That makes sense? Uh, or just because you know they're stronger from the gate. Because I'm not stronger from the gate. So if I win on the boys' team, that means I actually have to work hard and be better than they are. Mm-hmm. But well, is it yeah, fair? But, but, uh, well, okay, what's fair, what's fair is this, Momo B. If you, want to, if you want to compete with the man, compete with the man. And if you're that good, by all means. If you're that you're that good, compete with the man, and and you get and you can beat the man doing what you're doing. Hey, by all means, but you're not you're not you're not going to compete with a, 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 a that 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 would say that that a woman can that, that a man that that, that transgender that changed over to a to a woman can go to a woman WNBA and start playing. So if you're that good, by all means, stay. If you're that good, just just compete. If if you're that good, if there's no law that says as a woman you can't go to the NBA. There is or isn't. But there's not. Look, that, I'm I, mean, not, I don't want to argue. You're that good. <laughs> <laughs> if you're that good, you're that good. That's 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 just my that's just my opinion. If you're that good, you're that good. You, I believe that you can. Uh, you should be able to. Uh, you know. You should be able to uh, contend in both and in, in both contingencies. But I, I so what you're point. saying is the transgender the man the man turning into a woman he can't do nothing that got anything to do with sports in your mind because he can't <laughs> by what you just said he can't do nothing. What I'm saying is he should compete with the man. That's exactly what uh, I'm saying. <laughs> I don't think he compete with nothing. You can compete with the men. With his wig and all, huh? Mm-hmm. Yep, knock yourself out. Thank you. Knock Thank you, Momo Beezy, for your commentary this morning. Thank you. Even after a prayer, you come in with this nonsense. All right, so listen, Mr. Elliott, real quick before we... Okay, so listen, uh, real quick, Madeline Albright, guys, passed away this past week. Uh, just uh, any thoughts anyone wants to share on that? Yeah, former Secretary of State, man. Yeah, um, wow. This man, at any time anybody passes along, yes, thank first you. Woman, thank you too, today, yeah, first, first woman, too, by the way. Yeah, first woman. Secretary of State, yes. They said that she wasn't even five feet tall, but she was a giant in the hallway. And that you can always move she was in by the pins that she was wearing. 
That's true. And that's what did her homework. That's right. Remember when she wore the upside down uh, bird, which mm-hmm. represented the plane that had gone down? So, yeah, you're absolutely correct about that, Vanessa. Absolutely correct. And one last thing I want to bring up here in the, the last minute or so that we have, and I, def- I definitely want to put it out there. Demarius Thomas, now, you know who this guy, well, for those of you all who follow sports, the former uh, Denver Bronco wide receiver, he passed away December 9th, uh, unfortunately, at the age of 33. His house was robbed. Robbed, and his items, that were the items that were taken from that property were placed on eBay. I mean, you know, we talk about black-on-black crime, and, you know, when we use that term, black-on-black crime, that means black people criticizing other black people. But, God dang it, when it's warranted, it's warranted. And here we go. They were having a party at his house. And so how the police found out was that this man's been dead since December. So the house was abandoned. They were having a party, and they had it on social media. And someone, word got back to Demarius' mom that this was going on. She called the police, and the police gets there. They arrest three guys. But they're not sure if the three people that they arrested are associated with stealing items from his house and putting them on eBay. You know, I always say, man, Negroes. I mean, come on, man. Are you serious? Really? Oh, my God. Don't make sense. It just don't make sense. Wow. So I want to make sure we mentioned it because, you know, it's just ridiculous. This man passed away, house abandoned. So, you know what they do? Hey, we're in an age where we live in an age where, you know what, it's all about me. So I want to go there and have a party. We're going to break in this man's house. He's dead. We're going to have a fun time and we're going to celebrate. And, you know, and to me, it tarnishes this man's memory. So uh, rest in peace to Marius Thomas. And uh, may God bless you and your family. All right. It is time for an NPR News update. And then we'll get into the heavy lifting of the show, 347-850-1272. We appreciate you being here. We thank you for being here. And, you know, Momo Beezy's in the heezy. Who knows? Maybe she'll hang out and provide us some commentary or two. Who knows? All right. We'll be right back after this. Don't you go anywhere. Live from NPR News, I'm Giles Snyder. The Biden administration is walking back remarks the president made in Poland that Vladimir Putin cannot remain in power. Secretary of State Antony Blinken says the U.S. does not have a strategy of regime change in Russia. What we do have is a strategy to strongly support uh, Ukraine. We've been doing that um, and rallying partners and allies around the world uh, to do that, uh, including with uh, unprecedented amounts of, uh, of security assistance. Lincoln speaking there in Jerusalem today, where he's seeking to shore up support for reviving the 2015 Iran nuclear deal. He said Biden was making the point that Putin cannot be empowered to wage war or engage in aggression against Ukraine or anyone else. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is again urging Western governments to supply planes, tanks, and missile defense systems to Ukraine. The BBC's Grant Baruch reports that on Zelensky's latest video address in which he said heavy weapons, which could defend freedom in Europe, are instead gathering dust in stockpiles. Since Russia first attacked Ukraine last month, President Zelensky's video speeches have become a regular event. But in his latest address, he appears unusually agitated, repeatedly pointing his finger as he demands that allies who talk about peace, security and freedom provide his country with the means to achieve it. We need planes and tanks, said Mr. Zelensky. He complained that Russian aircraft could not be shot down with machine guns, and he appeared to taunt NATO members 
asking if they'd been scared by threats from Moscow. Amid the ongoing fighting, Ukraine's deputy prime minister says that Russia has agreed to open two humanitarian corridors to evacuate civilians from frontline areas, including from the besieged southern port city of Mariupol, which has been devastated by weeks of heavy Russian bombardment. Crash investigators have found the second and final flight data recorder aboard that Chinese plane that crashed last week with 132 people on board. Here's NPR's Emily Fang. The recorders contain cockpit voice recordings as well as data about the aircraft before it crashed in southern China. Investigators are hoping the recorders may help answer why the plane nosedived suddenly, falling out of the sky at nearly the speed of sound and smashing into a mountain. No survivors have been found, making this China's worst aviation accident in two decades. Authorities have been tightly controlling information about the crash. They've held scripted press conferences and kept media far away from the crash site. The National Transportation Safety Board in the U.S. has appointed a representative and offered to help with the Chinese investigation. China says it will complete its own investigation first, then bring in outside experts. Emily Fang, NPR News, Beijing. And you're listening to NPR News. Online radio at its best. The stunning text messages detail an extraordinary relationship between Ginny Thomas and then White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, just after then-President Trump started his fight to overturn the 2020 election results. This is a major fraud in our nation. We want the law to be used in a proper manner. So we'll be going to the U.S. Supreme Court. The texts are among more than 2,000 messages Meadows provided to the January 6th committee. The first message from Thomas came the day before Joe Biden was declared the winner of the 2020 presidential election. Do not concede, she wrote. It takes time for the army who is gathering for his back. Thomas urged Meadows to help the president stand firm. The majority knows Biden and the left is attempting the greatest heist of our history. The messages don't directly reference Justice Thomas or the Supreme Court, but show how Ginny Thomas sought to guide the president's strategy to overturn the election, urging Meadows to make Trump's controversial attorney, Sidney Powell, the lead and the face. On November 24th, Meadows wrote Thomas, quote, this is a fight of good versus evil. Thomas replied, thank you, needed that. This plus a conversation with my best friend just now. It is unclear who Jenny Thomas was referring to. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas often refers to his wife this way. I love being here with my bride, Virginia, who's a gift from God and my totally best friend in the whole world. Ginny Thomas recently acknowledged she had attended President Trump's rally at the Ellipse prior to the attack, but says she left before Mr. Trump addressed the crowd. Ginny Thomas has publicly denied any conflict of interest between her activism and her husband's work. In the one case heard by the court tied to the January 6th insurrection, they voted to release Trump White House records to the committee. There was only one dissent, Justice Clarence Thomas. Welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's the serious side of the J. Ross Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network. Uh, thank you, Vanessa. Online radio at its best. Twenty three minutes after the hour. Okay, so you you heard uh, the lead in uh, talking about uh, Jenny Thomas, uh, the wife of Clarence Thomas, 
who was for a long time the only black person, or should I say the only Oreo that was sitting on the uh, Supreme Court. <laughs> when you when you hear this story, um, you know, we can talk about Clarence Thomas all day. We can, you know, we've called him all types of names on this show. We've called him an Uncle Tom. We've called him an Oreo cookie because, in my opinion, I think that's what he is. But this illustrates to me, clearly illustrates how we can't sit here and put faith in man and man alone. These are lifetime appointments on the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Supreme Court is supposed to be without prejudice. They're not supposed to bring their political views into the arena. But when you heard the report just now, you heard how out of all the justices that sat on the Supreme Court, when they had to rule on whether or not the National Archives uh, could release, you know, information from the Trump presidency, the only the one vote that the Senate was him. Makes you rethink this whole process. Let me start with you, Mr. Elias. First of all, just give me your general thoughts on this. Uh, what were you thinking when you heard about Jenny Thomas? And her back and forth with Mark Meadows invoking the King of Kings. I mean, these people are, are just, just they're, they're nuts, though. Give me your thoughts. Well, if you read the uh, text messages, all of them were about, you know, it, it's like QAnon, all, all of the QAnon beliefs. So the bottom line is, man, look here. He should recuse himself from anything when it comes to elections or anything when it came to that the, the January 6th commission, or anything when it comes to, to Trump. He should recuse himself, but he's not going to do it. And for him to sit there and say he it doesn't affect him and he doesn't talk to his wife about it, he's a lion. He's a lion, and, and, and he's going to continue to lie because that's what he does. So it's just like when he lied about, you know, not sexually harassing Anita, um, Anita Hill. So the bottom line is, Look, man, this dude has been—he's been, he's been a, a, a stain on the justice, the justice, yeah, the Supreme Court since man since he's been there, and he's going to continue to be a stain. And his wife is who she is, and they're going to always protect it because the Republicans will say that they didn't commit any crimes, and they're strong on crime, but they're the same ones that will will not push any crime bills through or anything. Related to criminals, so I don't, I don't really want to hear nothing this guy's got to say because he should recuse himself on everything, even when it comes down to the voting, the voting, uh, if it reaches to that point. So this man, this man, his wife is is, is definitely in his ear. All right, so now I want to make sure we clarify something. Judge Thomas has not uh, commented on this on these uh, reports just yet, so he. He didn't say he didn't say anything to her. I think we're making that assumption, and that's okay because that's probably what he's going to say. But officially, uh, he has just been released from the hospital. He has, They have reached out. Different uh, media resources have uh, reached out to him for comment, and he has yet to comment on this particular uh, situation. Vanessa, let me turn to you. Um, when Mr. Elias talks about how he should recuse himself from anything that's pertaining to January 6th. I agree with that. But this kind of goes back to what we've been talking about for a very long time, at least in my opinion. The way I see this is, you know, first of all, a Supreme Court justice is a lifetime appointment. Um, and so to me, they're, judges, they're 
human, okay? It's like it's it's almost to me like when you talk about pastors and churches. You know, people say, well, you know, the pastor's supposed to live a certain lifestyle, but then you you know you you may catch this joke at the club doing something he ain't got no business. But then true followers of of the word says, you know what? He is just a messenger of God. He's man, so he's going to have evil. He's going to have sin because you know when you know when uh when they took a bite of that apple. They they really set us. They doomed us to this fate. I mean, there's no human. I don't care who they are. They don't have a little bit of dirt on them. I think that's just my opinion. But going back to, to, to Clarence Thomas and the Supreme Court in general, let me ask you just a simple question. Let me just go through all that. Do you think he should be impeached, Clarence Thomas? Because that's the only way you can remove a justice from the bench. They have to be impeached. Do you think he should be impeached? based on the reports that his wife plays such an active role in January 6th, based on the reports that his wife said, I spoke to my best friend, and there is video history of them referring to each other, referring to one another as each other's best friends. So do you think he should be impeached based on the information that we have at this point? Fair. I'm going to say no. He does not okay. need to be impeached because of this. But I will say, I, I was beyond livid. I think I shared it with y'all when I saw it. I was, and I still am really upset about it. But I do believe that anything that has the Trump January 6th, he needs to refrain from it. They said that he refrained from some stuff that was going on with schools. And because one of his children had Mm -hmm. accused, he recused himself, Mm -hmm. recused himself from it. Mm -hmm. So why didn't he do it when it came to this, knowing that his wife had something to do with it? He didn't because he was trying to protect. I'm not going to say that he can't have a fair decision on other things that might come before him. So I'm not going to say he needs to be removed from the court. But wait, 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 let, me, let me stop say, you there. Let, let me ask you a question, Vanessa, because I want you, that's a good point you brought up. But let me ask you this. When you say he can make a fair decision, this clearly illustrates, based on what on my assumptions at least, that he can't make a, a fair decision. Because all the other justices, even the, the, the three and I, I still can't believe that. No. The three that Donald Trump saying, appointed, they all came back and said no. They said they came back and said, wait a minute, yes, these papers should be released based on law. He's the only one who said no. But you just said he could, he could, he could be fair in other cases. No. How? What I'm saying is, let's say he's talking about, I, I, okay. Somebody over here is whispering in my ear. He can't be trusted. He can't be trusted. I agree with you that someone. And I hope it's Bobby Jones, Bobby Jones. I hope it's Bobby Jones. He can't be trusted. I agree. But go ahead. Saying to me, in order to be fair, that the only thing we know that he has not made the right decision on was this. We don't know if there was anything else. So... Didn't y'all just get on me last week because I said that the girl probably had the marijuana 
and y'all said I shouldn't accuse somebody of something that you don't know if they did or not? Okay, well, we know he was covering for his wife, so that's why I said anything that has Trump's name on it on January 6th, he shouldn't have a vote. He should not have a vote. But that does not mean that we should kick him off the court because we don't have any evidence that he has been torn or or covering up for somebody for something else. So that's the exact same thing that I was saying last week, and y'all jumped on me about it. So that's now a good pull by you. That's, that's, that's a good pull by you. <laughs> that's good. That's good. I like the way you did that. That was pretty good. I'm going to counter that, but go ahead. That was a good pull, though. And it's a legitimate. Okay. It's, that's that's legitimate what you just said, too, Vanessa. He's hiding. He's hiding stuff for his wife. That's why he did not want it to come out. So we got that. Well, now that he's at the hospital, pray that this man gets well. I think mm-hmm. they need to go back and revoke to have that stuff released. He needs to keep his damn mouth closed. Now, y'all can put that 50 cents off in that bucket if you want to. But, yeah, he should not have a vote now that it has openly came out that his wife would have been on the judge. Shut up and let everybody else vote because you are not going to vote fairly. But but to remove him from the court, you ain't got no evidence that he has done anything else wrong to remove him from the court. Well, okay, all right, now let me counter that. Here's my response back to you on that particular situation. You were, Listen, bringing up what happened last week was a good pull by you, and I can see how some could say, well, wait a minute, you guys are doing the exact same thing you accused Vanessa of doing last week. But here's, here's the caveat. Here's the, the, the piece that I'm going to throw in there that, to me, makes this more <laughs> – no, I'm serious – that makes this more of an open and shut case for me. True. We are not there. The evidence hasn't, you know, it's not public. We have no idea what happened. And even in some of those cases, I've always said, you know, we, it's, it's almost like when someone makes a, 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 a movie about someone's life, you know, and they have these moments where this person's in the room by themselves and thinking, you don't know what they were doing, so you just took some creative uh, you took creative privileges to try to put it together based on that person's personality or whatever the case may be. What I'm saying here is this, with the fact that he voted no, a Supreme Court justice is supposed to look at the law, is supposed to make decisions based on the law, not based on a personal opinion, not based on a political uh, ideology, they're supposed to make decisions based on the law, and that's what makes this dangerous. They are the final say. It goes no place else after the Supreme Court. You have all these little courts in different towns and cities, and, you know, you got your federal, state, all this other stuff. When it gets to the highest court, the land, that is it. And those Did you hear are, those, Jay that they said, hear what? Jay, they also came back and said, that there was no rule within the court for which cases that that you should be able to recuse yourself. So so it's up to the individual. That's what they said on the news. No, no, you're right, Vanessa. You're right. And what Donald Trump and what now Clarence Thomas and his wife has made us realize that there, there are some flaws 
right, in the Constitution and in the law. Because, you know, people back then said there's no way on God's green earth we would have a president like, you know, Trump. So, you know, we're going to put in a law that says you can be impeached, but you would like to think that putting in a law that says a person can be impeached for their crimes, you would think that, I'm pretty sure the fathers and fathers were thinking this way, well, but, you know, people of sound mind and judgment will make the right decision. I'm pretty sure they did not realize that they would have a bunch of Republicans who will, you know, and we're going to talk about this with the Katanji of uh, uh, Brown-Jackson situation, how hypocritical these people are, and it's all about politics. You know, back in the day like when, when Nixon – said, I don't go to church? <laughs> well, yeah, but, 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 it, I don't but go it's to like – church, but he wants to ask her about church? How hypocritical yeah, but, is that? And what did you say? I don't he, go to church, but he asked her about church. Okay, but even but even bigger than that, though, Vanessa. But they're not even bigger than that. The fact of the matter is, is that they you interrupted me and I forgot my train of thought. Thank you. All right, but let me get your opinions on this. They should go back. They should go back and revote. The bottom line is, Jay, they need to go back. They're not going. They can't revote. They can't revote. Momo, give me your. But they have already seen that his wife is a part of it. But he can't. But that's the. And that's why he goes the way he did. Vanessa, you are illustrating the problem. It's final. That's it. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You, there's no compromise here. The bottom line is that decision is made. It's final. There's no. They have no other course. Once the Supreme Court say yay or nay, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. That's why Roe versus Wade is going to be. Roe versus Wade is going to be an issue as well. Because you have people who are looking at this from an ideological standpoint versus looking at it from the law. That's the problem. And no matter who you put up there, people do it on the left as well. So to me, that's why they shouldn't be lifetime appointments. Because they're there. I agree there. with that. You didn't ask me if I thought that. I, I, I didn't say that. I didn't say I asked you that. I'm just giving you my opinion. Anything. Well, I agree with I, I didn't. I didn't ask you that. But and there's not, not except for the Supreme Court, except for you know you could be appointed as a court. All right, but, I mean, uh, all right, uh, we we run out of time. Uh, Momo, since you're here, give me give me a thoughts on this if you have any. Well, since we run out of time, and uh, this is going to be great because I don't know enough about what you're talking about to offer a valid thought. Oh, well, there you go. That was quick, <laughs> quick, easy, and fast. Uh, I, I just glanced down. Yeah, I just glanced down and saw that the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spree, is in the house. Jerome, what's going on, man? Good morning. How are you? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm doing good fine. Man. I misspoke just a few minutes ago, folks. Hey, people, I just misspoke. I misspoke yeah. uh, because uh, I'm not misspoke because I said that we're running out of time. I forgot that this is. Uh, we actually are running out of time. All right, so, Jerome, man, we we're have two time, minutes huh? left, man. No, no, we're not out of time. We have two minutes left, sir. I'm going to give okay. it all to you, man. Give me your thoughts on this. Um, okay, so Claire, uh, Clarence Thomas just not recusing himself or, or not having the ethics and morals to, to recuse himself, he, he right. really does. But on the Republican side, they're not that disciplined for this stuff. You fa- You have to not just embarrass them, you have to bring court charges against them. They are not going to move. It is only Democrats right. when you whisper something that mm-hmm. Democrats will have, feel shame and walk away. Republicans don't. Right. I mean, they don't. If you look at that doggone Supreme Court uh, hearing and watch Ted Cruz say stuff to Judge Jackson that he praised the guy who was talking about, I like beer. I drink beer. 
Like, like you had a Gavinol. total. Yeah. yeah, right? So so when it comes down to it, you can't have somebody in your house with a different ideology that you're not influenced by or that's your ideology. And I don't know about everybody else, but if you are sleeping with them, I think you share the same ideology. Now, I, yep. I don't. I don't know about this, like, for everybody, but I don't know how people do that or how they can claim that they can do that. And so, you know, just, you know, I know Vanessa made the comparison of of her in the, in the gar, um, what's her name, situation. Um, what is her name? Who are you talking about? The basketball player. Gar- uh, Gar- Brittany, Brittany, Brittany Griner. Griner. Yeah. It's not, that's not the same. No, it's not the same because the reason it's not the same is because we're talking about influence. So you have to have on the court at least the appearance of of fairness, right? Right. So judges, even when you run for office, you know you're you're held to a different standard than you do regular politicians. You can't have the appearance of it. That's why when you're a judge, you have to identify every organization that you're affiliated with, any church you're affiliated with, they don't like having the impression of influence. So right. if you have a you have a wife that's a white supremacist, like technically we can't trust that you're going to um, not Absolutely. favor or go mm-hmm. against black people's stuff when it comes to affirmative action and stuff. We can't assume that. So that means that you're not qualified to, to be there because it's an impression. When you're talking about right. arresting somebody, you no need to have rule, evidence. Jerome. That's different. There is no rule to stop any of this from happening. They need to go back and change rules. So for right now, we can we can think that he's sleeping with Donald Trump and can't nothing happen to him. That's all no, I'm saying. Because there is no okay. rule to stop it. Well, there there is. They have clauses no, of ethics. They have clauses, clauses of ethics that they can be sanctioned and removed. Okay, it's just we're that we're talking about the will. Now that he's at the hospital, if they're going to file the ethics committee on him, we're going to see if that's going to happen. No, it's not. Vanessa, I am just saying that there's too many Republicans at the Supreme Court to get him out of there. But generally, they have done this to other judges before, right? Okay. Like if you talk about the other lifetime appointments with the district judges and the other federal judges who have lifetime appointments, they have removed people on the bench for less than that. Have y'all ever heard of anybody on the Supreme Court being removed? Who? Tell me who it was. It, it sounds like you are actually Court? trying to quiz us like this stuff is not true. I'm just saying, listen to me. There's a mechanism for removing judges. tell me a Supreme Court justice that has been removed. Right. Ding, 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 I have to step in, guys. We, we, we've gone way over. So we'll, you want to continue some of this conversation on the other side, which, by the way, the next, you know, kind of flows into this. So uh, there will be opportunities to continue this discussion on the other side, but i got to step in. All right, 347-850-1272. All right, in this week's edition of it, Four Minutes or Less, something that, that you need to know, um, we're gonna, I, I want you guys to, to listen to this young lady. She's a professor. She's going to talk about uh, stereotypes. And, you know, this is going to play a role in a conversation that we're going to have later on in the, in the show. 
uh, I think it's important for us to listen to. So listen, it's convenient time. In four minutes or less, something that you need to know. Oh my God, the show is starting off with a bang already. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. We love that you're in the house on a beautiful Sunday. Hope you guys are enjoying it. We'll be right back after this. Don't you go anywhere. Robert Costa and Bob Woodward have uncovered text messages between the wife of. Most Americans are really very fair-minded, egalitarian people. We believe in, in equality for, for all races, all genders. The challenge is that while our conscious selves are egalitarian, we still hold these unconscious or somewhat implicit biases that have been primed in us over many years, largely through media um, and culture. One of those stereotypes is we equate black men with fear. When race drops into a conversation, our executive brains shut down on both sides. So if you are a white American who is, you know, a a very fair-minded person, when race is presented to you, your brain will start to wonder, you know, is what I'm about to say next going to be perceived by the other person as racist or biased? And if you are of color, your brain likewise shuts down, right? It says, okay, is something about to come at me that might be an opportunity to invalidate my life experience. Both of your brains are going into fight or flight mode. It's just not a recipe for a meaningful, honest dialogue around something that's so critical and so important. Some of the work that we've been doing with the Campaign for Black Male Achievement is really trying to disarm people's anxiety around um, around dealing with race and black men and boys. If you are conscious of the fact that you are stereotyping someone, um, conscious of the fact that you are treating someone, someone differently, when you're confronted in that situation, you will self-correct. That can affect us whether we're talking about our um, daily and formal interactions or whether we are talking about improving the jury instructions or improving the ways uh, teachers or police officers or doctors actually interact with patients who happen to be black men. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Josh Hawley of Missouri has been working so hard to insinuate that Judge Jackson, a Harvard-educated 51-year-old mother of two daughters, is somehow cool with child pornography. They've been beating this drum for three full days now until finally Dick Durbin, who's the chair of the Judiciary Committee, had enough. Uh, You have done what 80% of the judges have done. You're in the mainstream of sentencing when it comes to child pornography cases. I also think it's ironic that the senator from Missouri, who unleashed this uh, discredited attack, refuses to acknowledge that his own choice for federal judge in the Eastern District of Missouri has done exactly what you did. And at that moment, for the first time in his life, Josh Hawley realized that he sucks. Welcome back in. 347-850-1272 is 47 minutes after the hour. You're listening to the serious side of the Jay Rowell Show. Now, if you've been uh, paying attention, the uh, Senate confirmation hearings for Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson have been going on. And needless to say, uh, the reason why I told my colleagues that we could continue some of this conversation on the other side, because we're seeing 
proof positive or proof, I should say, that this is all about politics. And no matter what side of the aisle you sit on, uh, the approach is the same. Republicans this past week, in my opinion, disrespected a well-rounded and a well-deserved and a person, in my opinion, is more than qualified to sit on the bench. Matter of fact, historians say that she will probably be, if she's confirmed, the most experienced and uh, best qualified Supreme Court justice to ever be appointed to the higher court. But yet and still, that didn't stop them from their nonsense and asking her ridiculous questions and being totally disrespectful to her. Let's listen to a soundbite. And I want, and, you know, I wanted to go, I pulled it from Jimmy Kimmel because I want to, uh, you know, I think it's hilarious. You don't have to be so serious to get the point. Let's listen to a soundbite and we'll get into this conversation on the other side. The award for most original question of the week so far goes to Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee, who is the only uh, Republican woman on the Judiciary Committee, and yet is still trying to figure out what that word means. Uh, can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can't. You can't? Not in okay. this context. So I'm you not a biologist. The meaning of the word "woman" is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me a well, definition. I, hold on, I know the answer. You are a horrible woman. Is that? <laughs> and of course, then Ken Cruz had to get on all the action. He loves talking at these things, and he really wants to know what a woman is too. You couldn't define what a woman is. Uh, that you were not a biologist, which, which I think you're the, the only Supreme Court nominee in history who's been unable to answer the question, what is a woman? Yeah, she's also the only one in history who's been asked that disgusting question. <laughs> Sweaty Teddy then um, took some time to pose an important philosophical question that has many wondering if we might see him in a parade sometime soon. Under the modern leftist sensibilities, if... if I decide right now that, that I'm a woman, um, then apparently I'm a woman. Does that mean that I would have Article Three standing to challenge a gender-based restriction? No, it means you'd be the world's ugliest woman. It, it means... All right, Jimmy Kimmel, love his spin on it. But, but, but that's just an example of some of the nonsense that she was asked last week. I'm glad that Dick Durbin pointed out when, you know, Holly, you know, Senator Holly, the guy who, by the way, gave the, the peace sign to protesters on January 6th, this is a guy that uh, was asking these questions about child pornography and all this other stuff. And I'm glad that Dick Durbin said, okay, wait a minute, but you, you, you're coming at her, but guess what? The person that you approved not too long ago, they have the exact same track record. So you can see what's going on here. Let me get with you, Vanessa. So, you know, when we watch this nonsense and this hypocrisy takes play, take place, you know, you feel a sense of, of – um, you get pissed off because when you see people that look like us are treated in a certain way, you know, I've read some. I read some 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 threads out there. Oh, you know, black people getting upset because he, they're just asking her tough questions. Those questions didn't have a damn thing to do with her judicial philosophy. They were just stupid questions asking her what a woman is. Like, are you serious? Well, I think that them asking her what a woman is is, is utterly ridiculous. But it also might come back up in a court case that she might have to view when it comes to gender for bathrooms and gender to 
talk about it in schools and that kind of stuff. So to me, not only was it a stupid question, but she did right by not even answering the question because defining that might come back in some kind of a case, you know, that she might have to answer to. So then they'd come back and say, well, you said that a woman, a definition of a woman is blah, blah, blah. So when they asked that question, we were sitting here, and I said, what a dumbass question. And Bobby said, no, Vanessa, that's just something they can bring back at her later on as to what her definition of a woman is. So that if a transgender case or something like that comes up, then they're going to throw that definition at her. Just like uh, we were just talking yeah. about, just like we were just talking about a, a person that's a man that's acting like a woman and running in a race as a woman. That's the same kind of case that could come before her, and she might have to answer to it, and they'll throw that back in her face. So uh, it was a stupid question, yeah. but on a, on a fly, it was a smart question where they could come back and, and bite her with it later. But there was a uh, lot of stupid stuff that came across to her, and I just was so humbled, and my heart was so full when I could see her daughters sitting behind her with such love for their mother when she was answering some of these questions. So I, I just, huh. and, and let me do say this. I didn't know her husband was white. I, I, you know, I, huh. I didn't know her husband was white. And I guess I didn't see the day that he entered, she introduced him. And then when I saw the children, the camera was on the children, I was like, wait a minute. Those children look like that. Where's her husband? I said, that's her husband sitting next to the child. So, yeah, I didn't, yeah. I didn't know. Just like I didn't even know that Clarence Thomas's wife was white until all of this wow. came out. I just never paid attention as to who they were married to. Well, there you go. All right, well, that's, that's a, that's a, I didn't even look at it from that perspective, but I, good pull, good pull, no, Bobby Jones. It it don't oh, make you're right, though. I, I agree with you, Mr. Elias. I heard you rumbling. Go ahead, man. I heard you grunting. Go ahead, man. Make your comment. Well, well, well think about what the Republicans just did, said you can't elect a, a judge, you know, 10 months before this, or if if, if this came up, and how 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 bad they how quick they push Amy uh, Amy Coleman Barrett through, so they're hypocrites. So it don't make a difference. I mean, you can sit there and say it all day long that they that they said this, that she said this, that it don't hold water. It does not hold water that she said it because well, it can they come back against her on a case. Okay, she's still black no. all day long, even if she gets in as one of the justices. Uh, okay, so, she's black, and she's a black justice. Okay, so, so she he's holds just water. saying, and, and it does make sense, that if she gave an opinion as to what she thought a woman was, with all these different transgender cases coming up and before them, what she would answer to that might come back and bite her later. But... I mean, you know, I guess they didn't bite the Republicans. Republicans. They didn't bite the Republicans when they said they wouldn't push through a judge that quickly. But that's okay because Republicans always get away with stuff, Les, and we know that. Then, we then, know then, that. It, then it's time for us to start getting away with stuff too. Then okay, well, it, it ain't gonna be time we to need start to be with stop, that. Stop being so soft. soft. It, 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 it it's time for us to be so soft, so soft, because that's what we do. Like Jerome said. The Democrats, if somebody says something, like when they got rid of the senator out of Minnesota, they when he when he didn't, you know, when he when he uh, did something, and they they got rid of him that quick. 
So we need to stop being so soft. Democrats need to stop being so soft and hold the line just like, like the Republicans. If you want to play this game, we should play it too. That's how I feel about it. I do. I, I wholeheartedly okay. I feel that way. And my opinion on what the what these what these cats did was they they these are the same Holly is the same person and, and mm. Cancun Cruz are the same person that on January sixth they talking about that, how, okay, how soft you. how soft she was how soft she was on crime what did you do for the January sixth insurrectionists yeah I can't you did, say that damn thing you you did yeah. a damn thing matter of fact you pushed it on. So for yeah. you to sit there and say she's soft on crime, man, please look in the mirror. Look in the mirror, partner. And Holly yeah. gave us say the fist up to the, 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 the people. that's the same man who let Trump talk about his wife, his mama, his of daddy. Of course. I mean, so, he's, you know, you him as an example. Yeah, he, he, when people can stand down. You are 100% so right. You are 100% right. Yeah, yeah. Ted Cruz is to me. I, I, you know, I tell you what. I, he started to fall into that category. Everybody know what that category is for me. I mean, he is. I mean, it's just he is just a, he is just a straight up hypocrite, and he'll say anything that's going to make him look good. The way he went on Tucker Carlson's show and kissed Tucker, Tucker Carlson's booty. Oh, I didn't mean to say what I said. And Tucker Carlson, yes, you did. You did mean it. And the fact that he left his dog at home during the freeze, he took off to go to camp. Cancun, while his constituents were dying uh, of, you know, being left in a situation where there was there was no, uh, no, you know, no power. It just illustrates what type of man he is. And the fact of the matter is, he's going to get reelected, just like the Republicans are going to take the, the, the House back. I think. I mean, it's like these people. You know, we talk about America being the greatest country in the world, but think about it. When it comes to education levels, you know, we're like ranked thirtieth or something. So that you know, that gives you an idea of how dumb we really are. That's, I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's done for me, a reason. It was done for a just, reason. They're that just dumb. I reason. mean, you're just dumb. I mean, you're just dumb. You're gonna put people. You know, the, the, George Bush ran this country in the ground. President Obama fixed it, but people are not paying attention, so they put Trump in. And these people, oh, my God, you know, we just talked about this with Jenny Thomas. Oh, my God, save this great president. Save this what? Who? What are you folks <laughs> looking at? Are you serious? This guy, did, look, are you listening to the people that was around him? They said that this guy didn't even know where Ukraine was. You put this fool in office, and you may end up trying to put him back in office. What is wrong with you people? Oh, my God, Jerome, man, give me a thought. Good God. Jesus. Hi. <laughs> I- you know, I, I um, I'm at a loss for words because I'm at a loss for words just generally over the whole thing. So, I here's the thing with the whole concept of them grilling her and and um, I couldn't watch it. It was a little bit more disgusting to me when I when I watch how Republicans go at black people more than them. They, I mean, they don't go at people generally as hard as they go at black people. And I think we try to rationalize it by having, like, intellectual conversations about how we should deal with that, and we praise the white folks who take up for black people. This is maddening to me, right? And I kind of feel like at some point 
that we need to call it for what it is, and we need to call them out. So when you see people like Cruz and and Hawley and all of those guys, we know that they supported uh, an insurrection. And and Biden won't even call it a daggone insurrection, right? We had a lot of work to do in this country, and, and we need to call that stuff what it is. So nobody is dealing with, excuse me, dealing with the obvious when it comes to her. And the obvious is that she's black, so they don't like her. But she's black, and her husband's white, so the Democrats can accept her. There's something to be said about that. And, and I knew that about her and several other people who they had up, that they were in interracial marriages. We know that Kamala Harris is. We know that the Democrats, like, it's weird that they're going to accept you, Clarence Thomas. We, it's weird in this country that a black family is actually fearful to white folks. And I'm not saying that they're not black because they are, you know, because their spouses aren't, aren't black, but it's interesting that the people who they select to put in front of us are always in interracial um, marriages. So, you know, there's a lot to kind of deal with and unpack inside of that. I'm not talking about her qualifications. Obviously, she's right. But she mm-hmm. is the in-law of Paul Ryan. So why would I support that? If that oh, dude, wow. If you choose, it, it's like telling me that Clarence Thomas yeah, is I married to the woman. Yeah, Jerome, speak on that. Jerome, speak on that because when but, I Googled, his picture comes up. What's the deal with that? Because her, her husband is the cousin of Paul Ryan, and Paul Ryan endorsed her a while ago. And the reason that the Democrats chose her is because she's still kind of more conservative as a Democrat. She's not very liberal at all. They're raking her over the coals, and she's not liberal as a Democrat. So when Democrats have an opportunity to do something, they won't put liberal people in there to balance conservative people. They'll put somebody black in there who is going to hold the line for white folks. Like, we should not win. Yeah, he's a relative of Paul Ryan. Again, and so we know uh, Paul Ryan is an opportunist, and I don't want to make this about him, but I'm just kind of making the point that there's always a bigger game to be played where we are getting emotional about her as a black woman. We want this black woman in there, but the black woman that's in there may not be, she may not hold it down across the board. Right, like, and so we need to think about from a think tank perspective how we need to back candidates and put them in certain positions. I don't know why Lindsey Graham hates her and wanted the black woman from South Carolina to be in there, but I think that black woman has a white husband. Do you understand? So I think there's a bigger picture. I'm not throwing any stones, but I am telling you that we have to look at, we have to cut through all of the on-surface um, stuff that's going on in the world because it's very distracting. You know, she may be good. She may be whatever. But the the point that we have, the way that we have to kind of look at this is that are we pushing philanthropy or, or a specific type of philosophy or we just want to see somebody there of color? I would rather for it to be somebody black than they can relate a little bit better but we're still not even playing politics right. We're just we are we're still love figureheads, and she's way more qualified than anybody else there. I'm not talking about her specifically. Yep. I am the, talking about the bigger but the picture. Fact that, but the fact that Biden 
said that he was putting a black person in that spot has kind of overshadowed the fact that she's so qualified. Where if he had not said that and put her up there, I think her qualifications would shine a little bit more than what they're shining. Nope. I, I, I disagree. I think that what happens Every with... Every time I say something, you disagree. So no, no, no. I, no, I, no, no, no. I, I love you. That's not saying that you're, what you're saying is, is incorrect. I'm saying that I, I believe that him saying that was a step of owning blackness sometimes, right? That white man was not a fear to, wasn't fearful of saying, I'm going to put a black person there. But Obama would have been because they would have tagged him. Biden did that and kept it moving, right? He's like, okay, we're going to put somebody black in there. And, and well, by right, you got a lot of qualified black folks. Vote, Jerome, don't, don't shadow it. He also said it because he needed to vote. I, don't, I actually don't think so. I don't yes, think so. Yes, he did. He needed I to vote from Clyburn. He made – Clyburn kept putting pressure on him, Jerome, to say okay, but if, that he was going if to – you do, go back – He kept doing it. He kept oh, Jerome. If you go money, back two years of this research. show, you need no, to go but back because I researched this one. Okay. No, I, right. I, I know what you're saying. If you go back two years of this show, think about what I said before Clyburn endorsed him. Think about this. Clyburn, what happened is it was inevitable. When we were on this show and everybody was Buttigieg, um, Elizabeth Warren, and Bernie Sanders. Was I not the only person that told you and said that Biden was going to win? And nobody but really. But he was can. losing, Jerome. Biden was losing. I know that means that you're horse racing. That means that, that right. That can be your opinion, but you know I actually it's am not, not my really opinion, opinionated. It's, the it's uh, not my opinion. It's the numbers. Right. No. No. I know that he was losing. I am saying that to you. That the reason you're you're taking you're not taking into account what my profession is either, are you? Because what happens is that I don't care you what have your to, profession is, Jerome. When I no, can I, read, I'm not being smart. I I'm can not tell what stuff is for myself. It doesn't matter right. to me to what your profession is. It just doesn't. Right. Because but, but I am no. educated enough where I can read I did not and I can that see through stuff smart. and I can research it. And right. Biden was but, losing until Clyburn kept telling him to make the statement that he was going to put a black woman on the Supreme Court. And finally, he said it. And Clyburn was putting pressure on him to do that. I mean, people have came back and said it just as the just black ladies up on the court. I mean, and I sit here and I listen to Republican talk shows. I look at Fox. I look at all of them because I need to be able to have an opinion other than just being black. So yeah, if but you're having an opinion. Don't don't do that, Jay. You're having an opinion. You're you're having an opinion. I am based telling you that it would go better for her if he had not said that. No, let me say that. Let him finish, Vanessa. Vanessa, let him finish. We're running over. Let him finish, Jerome. I give you sixty seconds of response. We got to go. Go ahead. So you're having an opinion based upon what you're watching on TV, and that's all I'm saying, right? Like you're listening to talking heads who are political hacks throw stuff at you. And all I'm saying to you is that I am kind of looking at that from a historical reference standpoint. I'm not calling you stupid or anything. That's crazy, right? That is, I understand why you are saying what you're saying. But the reason I went back and said what I was saying back then 
is because later on, your people are coming to me and saying, how did you know? And I'm like, because there is reference to this stuff. Clyborne came on, but I am telling you, before that, the number said that Biden was losing, and I said that everybody is crazy because of that. Because they didn't go to the bigger states, because they are in white states with small populations, of course he was going to lose that. Because the pressure from the Democratic Party is, you need to be wrong, and we need to do something different. This country is not that. We do not play into the pathology of, of this country at all. But I know what it is. That's why I win, win political campaigns. Because I'm not swayed or moved by what I see on TV. Matter of fact, I don't really even watch it like that. I, I have to take in consideration what everybody's thinking, but I don't plan or run campaigns based upon being swayed by a television. So I can tell you on campaigns internally, they have to do what they, they have to adhere to what they're hearing and what they're looking at, but they do not run a campaign based upon what some fool said on TV. Nobody listens right. to James Carville like that. Why do you think he's on? Why do you think he's on TV yelling? Because they're not listening yep. to him inside of a campaign, right? right. So right. Biden, go ahead. No, no, man. Go, go. Well, let's see. We got to go. Uh, you can finish it on the other side. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. We'll be right back after this. <laughs>
The NAACP is committed to equality for all people, especially the equality of foundational black Americans. Every other child gets a chance at economic equality. Every other child gets a chance of living the best life they possibly can. Doesn't he deserve a chance to? Learn more at NAACP.org. Online radio at its best. Right now, folks, hundreds of workers are out of a job as the Black News Channel announces it's going to be shutting down. Several employees are reporting their paychecks are getting delayed, and we're told the network has filed for bankruptcy. The news comes just a few hours after the channel tweeted it set an all-time viewership record during its special coverage of Judge Katanji Brown Jackson's confirmation hearings. In a Los Angeles Times article, it reports the majority stakeholder and Jacksonville Jaguar's owner, Shad Khan, is no longer willing to invest. Welcome back in 347 It's a serious topic of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio. It's fast, the Black News Channel, a cable news station uh, focused on serving black viewers, ceased operations on Friday afternoon after its billionaire backer declined to provide more funding for the startup. Many of the news channels, journalists left careers at established media organizations to join the startup in hopes of bringing news to a historically underserved audience. One of the nation's, one of the station's presenters, Mark Lamont Hill, told Hollywood Report, told the Hollywood Reporter, excuse me, the station had an incredible assignment and would work to fill the void for neglected audiences as it's relaunched one year ago. The channel ceased live operations on Friday afternoon after it failed to make payroll. About 230 employees were laid off and informed that they would not receive severance pay and their health care benefits would end in a week. Uh, let's uh, start right there. And, and this story uh, is, is uh, close to me because, you know, I talk about it all the time that, uh, you know, we have to be able to speak to our people. We have to be able to communicate with our folks. We have to be able to bring the news that other places and outlets don't bring to the table. So the fact that this network is, you know, going is gone. It's not going. It's out of here. It's it's no longer in existence. Um, says a lot. Now keep in mind, I will admit that I think I've watched it maybe an hour or so because it's not on a at least. And someone can correct me on this. The only time I've seen it is not with smart TV and someone to pop up and says, "Oh, Black News." Oh, okay, there you go, the Black News Channel. And I go and tune in, but I don't think it's on a cable listing. But I could be wrong. Let, let me let me. Uh, hey, Joe, I know that. Me. Yeah, well, it's your time, so I was definitely coming to you. Oh, okay. So uh, uh, I, I wanted because I know. Yeah, well, well, yeah, I wanted to definitely talk to you about this one first because you know I, I know. Um, how we feel about our folks getting the information that they need. So give me your thoughts on the fact that the Black News Network, uh, the channel is shut down. It's, it's gone. Okay, well, I, I I feel some kind of way about saying this, but um, the, the president of that network is a mentor to me, to him on Thursday, day oh, wow. before, like okay. the day before this. And, um, you know, I um, I don't know what I can say about about that, I, I had no clue, mind you, about any of this. But um, I know what they were what they were trying to do and and where they were. And those guys are sharp, you know. I know the award winning, you know, staff and all of those guys that they they ha- they have over there. And mm-hmm. I'm not 
saying, uh, you know, I did read the article from The Root that talked about, you know, them shutting down and all that other stuff. The mm -hmm. guy, the, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, that billionaire who was funding them, decided not to, um, you know, pay payroll. And who knows why he decided to do that. He wasn't one of the owners of it per se. It was J.C. Watts, the um, um, conservative congressman out of Oklahoma, and several other people owned that that network. Um, mm -hmm. So they they are shutting down their operations. But I I'm not sure if they're closed for good because he didn't own it. So if oh. they get another billionaire backer or something, they may be back. But or or okay. if um, Discovery Networks or somebody picked them up because I remember when Own was just about to close, and this Discovery Networks CEO kicked in because Own was asking for an extra fifty million dollars, and their ratings wasn't good. And, you um, mean Oprah's, and I think Oprah's uh, network. Yeah, Oprah's network is not owned by Oprah. That. Didn't we oh, do wow. this on the program before? I'm sorry for saying it. No, I, no, I, but, no, yeah, I didn't know. Sorry. Yeah, it's a partnership between um, Discovery and and Oprah Winfrey. So okay. Discovery owns OWN. So, okay. you know, this own, OWN network went back to Discovery because they needed more money. And um, the CEO of Discovery um, said, we're going to have more black programming on OWN because Oprah wasn't doing it, and that's when they got Tyler Perry and had all those Tyler Perry shows on there, because the highest-rated show on OWN was Sweetie Pies, the reality show with, um, you know, Miss Robbie and her son, their restaurant in St. Louis. So Discovery Network made that call. So a lot of them are joint partnerships, and the Black News Channel was just flat-owned by black people. And so you that happens, like, Whoever your investor is, they can, and from what I understand, they were doing pretty good. Um, it's just that you can have one investor pull out on you, and it's done. He just wouldn't cover payroll. So, again, I have no inside information. I just, you know, kind of want to say that and not going to say anybody's names or anything. But, you know, I'm I'm really kind of saddened by it, but still kind of discouraged that they're going to, you know, roll over into something else. And hopefully – you know, like all other conglomerates will probably be absorbed by someone else because I actually have it on the Black News Channel right now. And they're running, you know, their weekend programming. They're running um, stuff that they had on deck anyway, like stuff that they had out there. So they're not – they didn't just pull the plug on the channel. They did fire all of their live hosts and all of that other stuff. So um, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I, I'm kind of sad. Well, not kind of. I'm saddened by it because it's a little bit more personal for me on that side. Oh wow. Okay. Well, I didn't know that. Thanks for uh, bringing us up to speed on that. Uh, you know, it's interesting because I don't know. In a way, and Mr. Elias, you can help me with this one. In a way, you know, I feel like a hypocrite, right? Because it's like support this stuff. But I didn't support it, right? I, I mean, I never supported it because I, I didn't. First of all, my first time finding out about it was, once again, uh, turn my smart TV on. You know, every now and then it'll promote some type of uh, show, and I know I said, "Oh, the Black News Network channel. What is that?" I never heard of it, uh, and I watched it, you know, one time, and I said, "Okay." And 
you know, that I, we're creatures of habit. We don't like change. That's not an excuse, Mr. Elias, but it's just the fact of the matter is, you know, this, and this is a struggle that's been going on for our people for a very long time. How do we get in the mainstream? How, how do we get to the point where our folks are supporting our own stuff? And, and you know, because, you know, you and I, we watch them as NBC a lot. I mean, but we're not watching, you know, the black news channel. Give me your thoughts on this, man. Well, I, I got to admit, Jay, I, my, my smart TV, well, I, I just bought a new one in my bedroom, but my smart TV is in my basement and, and, and in Northwest Indiana in the basement. And in the wintertime, you usually stay upstairs, man, because the basement is real cold. So I did not watch it at least one time, and I should have. You know, you know, shame on me because I, I have not watched it. I've heard about the, the channel, but I, I have yet to have yet to watch it, and it has yet to come across my TV because I don't I, I don't even know where it's located at, to be honest. So yeah, that's 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 my that's my that's shame on me. Bottom line, I would have loved to have supported it, but like I said, I. I don't know. Until you got it that smart TV, it's not coming up. I know nothing about it. as far as where it's located. I guess I've heard about it, but I never knew where it was located at. But let me ask you something, and Vanessa, let me ask this to you. Is this a situation where, because I've said this before as well, is this a situation where I tell people all the time, don't listen to our show and support us because we're black people, Right. You support us because you like our content. That's just my philosophy behind it. You know, because at the end of the day, I have to be competitive. I don't want sympathy support. We're going to watch it because it's black. But if it's not good, then don't. I mean, I tell people this all. You know, it's amazing. I don't, I'm not as active as I used to be responding back to people who send me stuff during the course of the week. But I always used to tell people, and you've heard me say this a thousand times on this show, you know, you don't like what we do, change the channel. Don't support us because you feel obligated. Support us because we're putting out good content. So, Vanessa, um, I guess my question for you is, is this, have you watched The Black? Have you ever see, Have you ever heard of it? Have you seen it? Give me your thoughts on it being shut down. I mean, well, well, temporarily, we hope. But give me your thoughts on this whole thing. Well, it's kind of like some of the black newspapers, Jay, that we have here in Houston um, that you see on the stands when you're going out of the store, like the Forward Times, and uh, it's a couple of other ones. That's a good point. That's a good point. You're right. That's a good point, Vanessa. So we try to um, pick those uh, magazines, those newspapers up, and sometimes periodically we would do donations to them, uh, like sometimes KTSU. I might throw one only because I'm an alumni and so it's my daughter. So I think that we do need to do better, though. Um, We have only one smart TV, and that is that we actually look at on a regular basis. I think I got one in that hidden room you'd be laughing about. But we do have one in the bedroom. And periodically, uh, Bobby has turned it on there. But to say I look at that on a regular basis, no, shame on me. And shame on us. We don't. But we have turned and been flipping through, and we have seen it, and we have looked at it, but it's no. Because we don't be in the bedroom normally looking at the news or whatever. We might go to sleep with the TV on MSNBC so it'll automatically come on at 5 o'clock in the morning. But I'm just saying we, we too, over here need to do better. So, yeah, well, I'm well, familiar okay, with so, it. We've only seen 
I'm want sorry, to go ahead. Go ahead, Quinn. I'm sorry to mean to cut you off. If we know about it, but no, we wouldn't, it wasn't regular. Shame on us. Yeah. So let me let me give the last two minutes to you, Jerome. So you understand the plight that we have here, right? So how do we change? You know, how do we get mainstream? How do we become a part of when people talk about network news? You know, the ones that come up, CNN, Fox News, MSNBC. How can BNC be a part of that conversation? You know, in your opinion. Oh, you know, well, it's it's been. Let's see. So they've been on for two years, have a market share. I think they're in a, every major black city, like, you know, on every major channel. They're just so far down the dial. Like here, they're on like 230-something, right? MSNBC is farther up at 38, you know. And so people don't look for um, black news per se, like they, you know, having stuff delivered from black people's perspective. And the only time I really see that news channel is when, um, what's the name, Lamont Hill, Mark Lamont, I can't think of his name, but he said something stupid like a couple months back, and I just kept seeing him across my news feed, like on, on, on uh, social media. But, yeah, yeah you Mark, don't really. Mark Lamont, his name is Mark Lamont yeah. Hill, sir. Yeah. Yeah, my my bad. But, yeah, he, he said something that just wasn't really cool. But he has a show on there, and um, Aisha uh, Mills, um, you know, has a show. And I think they – I mean, I know they do MSNBC or CNN and stuff, um, but they never promote that that's where, that's where their, you know, shows are. Um, and, you know, I probably shouldn't say this, but the reason I do news is because um, the president, I, I was formatting news for something, for a program, and mm-hmm. I was the president of that network, you know, put me on a task, and I never desired to do news as a strategist. It wasn't my thing. So I actually right. started talking more because um, he said, hey, you know what, for, format news, because if we, need mo- if we need news from our perspective, then right. it needs to somehow be formatted in a way that we can ingest it. And I, I don't think we do a good enough job of, you know, putting out news, especially when we're mocking regular right. news. So if you have a news channel as a black news channel and you're trying to be CNN, why wouldn't people just watch CNN? So I yeah, don't know. It's, there you go. It's word, yeah. it's word of mouth, and you have to do something a little different. Yeah, that's, that's to me, that's the dilemma, man. Well, thank you for putting a bull on that. All right, 347 We're going to step out take a quick break. Oh, man, what a show. Uh, we'll be right back after this. Don't you go anywhere. Part two of Mariana Music's Corner is uh, coming at you next. It's the serious side, 347-850-1272. We'll be right back uh, right after this.
Radio at its best.
is the serious side on a beautiful, beautiful Sunday. Glad you guys are in the house. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is the call-in number. Glad you guys are in the place to be. It's time to say good morning again to you. If you miss it at the top of the show, we always say good morning to our peace. Let's say good morning to the very lovely and beautiful Vanessa Maybell. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Good morning. You know I just love you. Good morning, y'all. Mwah, back at you, girl. The little lipstick on my cheeks. I love it. My main man, Mr. Jerome, is freezing in the house. What's going on, Jerome? How you doing? <laughs> I'm good, man. How you doing? Good morning. Doing outstanding, sir. Yeah. Absolutely. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Hey, Jerome, man, uh, you want to tease us? What uh, what are the stories you're going to be covering today at, uh, on on your show that's coming up after this show on the Need to Know Basis? Yeah. Anything that we any, – any juicy tidbits of information? Nope. Nope, I don't. I don't even know what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, you just got to tune in. There it is. There's the tease. I'll, I'll be surprised. I'm going to tune in to see what I'm going to talk about. Like I don't know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> don't know. If you don't know, now you know. If you want to know, tune in. That comes up directly or immediately after our show at the top of the hour. So you're about twenty, uh, about twenty something minutes away from that. Uh, Mr. Elias is in the place to be as well. Good morning, Mr. Elias. How are you, sir? Well, good morning, good morning, good morning to you, sir, and good morning, Nessa, good morning, Kathleen, good morning, Mama B, good morning, Rick's sister, good morning, Mary and the Music, and Mary and the Music, that first song was Karma, it all comes back, it is by Sharon S. Davina, and the other song was Rebirth by Paul Grant featuring Adrena and Indigo, and good morning, my brother Hulk, and good morning, my brother Jerome. Sir, yes. Can we say hello to some people in the chat room, if you don't mind, sir? Well, the Kavina man's in there with us this morning, Jay. My man. Kavina man's supposed to be on the road right about now, so that, that tells me something. His workout regimen, bro, ain't where it's supposed to be. Come on, Kavina. I'm starting to work out, bro. You got to get back into it, man, unless, you know, unless you have some fancy <laughs> spent. Did I crack a joke with Celia? Uh-oh. Did I crack a joke by saying I'm working out? <laughs> I guess I did. <laughs> what I'm not going to deal with any more of this hypocrisy. I'll say hello to everybody that's to... listening. I don't, Jerome. You're right. I'm not. I'm not going to do it. As a matter of fact, I'm going to stay professional. I'm going to stay above the frame. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say what's up mm-hmm. to everybody that's out there listening to us. Uh, appreciate you waving my hands at you. Uh, we'll hear from some of you all during uh, Pastor Steve's stage of case. But in the meantime, between time, we got to keep it moving because we got haters in the house. I want to say one thing, James. Yes, Vanessa. Yes. Yes. Let's not be laughing at side of town, hey girl, you do your thing and I'll do mine and we'll you know, we'll just be gym buddies. How about that? Thank okay, you so okay, much. okay. So I'm gonna tag y'all on her page 
because she's riding the MS-150 from Houston to Austin on a bicycle. Oh, wow. So y'all can donate. That's big. Yeah, I'm going to tag y'all. That's big. That's a big thing in Houston, by the way. That's huge. Yeah, well, boy, congratulations to her, because, my God, that that we're talking from Houston to Austin. That's two and a half hours of a car. So uh, that's a huge thing around here. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. God bless her for that. Uh, uh, that's just too much. I can't. I can't roll with it on that one. But that's okay. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna keep the show moving. <laughs> the challenge is that while our conscious selves are egalitarian, we still hold these unconscious or somewhat implicit biases. All right. So this morning, I wanted to spend a few minutes. Well, actually, more than a few minutes. Hopefully, we can get all the content in. Uh, I wanted to talk about black-on-black crime. You know, we that's a term that we use around here when black folks talk about other black folks. And, you know, so I guess the million-dollar question is, how dangerous is it when African-Americans stereotype other African-Americans? You know, we, we, we had a little bit of a conversation last week here on the show, and it was such a great conversation. And I did something this week that I usually don't do, and I'm sorry. I just, I'm so busy with everything that I'm dealing with from a personal standpoint. I, do, I don't get a chance to stay connected to the folks who comment on shows during the week. But I, I, I took a peek this week at some stuff, and, uh, you know, people were like, you guys should, you know, what, that was a short segment. You guys should have been talking about that more. So I wanted to give it some time here. Uh, to almost continue a conversation that kind of started last week, and, and you know, and it was it really revolved around Brittany Griner and that whole situation. And you know, Vanessa made a comment, and Jerome made a comment, I made a comment. Mr. Elias actually wasn't here, so I, I guess I'll uh, start it with him. Um, Mr. Elias, here's my question to you: It's a simple question. Is it black on black crime? when other black people criticize other black folks when black people are doing things wrong. Do you consider that black on black crime? I, I consider it a, a, what I consider is that we've been conditioned that way. Because if you... That's if not you answering the question, folks, though. Well, I, we, we've been conditioned. We've been conditioned that way. And you can answer the way you want to, and I'm answer the way I want to. I'm not going to answer okay. anything the way you want me to answer. You know, we've been conditioned that way. We've been conditioned to look at black folks and say, oh, there, here we go again. It's a black folk. And, oh, this and that, this and that. We've been conditioned that way. And, 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 we've, and it's throughout history we've been that way. You know, if you think about it, like you always say, in, in slavery times, how many how many black folks did we have with white folks, you know, against white folks, and they were just commanding us? If we'd all just bunched together and just went after them white folks, then you know, some we could have took over some of them plantations. But that's but I, I digress and say that I was no, go, ahead, go, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I, no, no, but I digress in saying that 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 we don't stick together. We when we did stick together, look what happened with Black Wall Street. Look what happened when, when we had when we did stick together. White folks don't like that. And that that's what they do. They condition us not to stick together. That we, 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 you know, we, and, and they, they've done that by destroying the black home where black folks can't, uh, you know, the, the father's been taken out of the home. Or it, it's just, you know, you know, it's not a complete, it's not a complete well, well, family. Well, let me ask you this. Is it a situation when you say don't stick together, 
to me, it's almost like you're mixing apples and oranges. Let me explain what I mean by that. When you say not sticking together, if you, like, for example, crime in Houston has just, just, it's ridiculous. And it's on the southwest side of town where most of this stuff is happening, right? And, you know, we know for a fact, those who live in this area, that it's straight-up African-Americans down there for the most part. Every time you look on the news, mm-hmm. you see these young black brothers shooting and killing each other. So by us calling that out, by saying, guys, you have to do better, you consider that being conditioned by the white man? I guess I'm trying no, to what I I'm trying to make the okay. So what, we, okay, I, all right. Yeah, what I what I condition it to is you know okay. Look what's look looks happening in the white communities. The same thing is happening there. You know, but wait a minute. But, but we just talked about, about the Black News Network, Mister Elias. I mean, I don't care. I mean, listen, I shouldn't say I don't care, but I'm more concerned about my people. I, I mean, listen. I mean, I, call me what you want. And you're right, we've been conditioned that way to look out for our own people because no one else has or will. Right? No, nobody else is going to do it. Right. But but my, my thing is, if if we as black folks get together and see the power that we have in the dollar, and we get together and we see what we have as a, as a, as a community, like we did, like in Black Wall Street. Okay. With how far could we go? I mean, they got a, they got a school and, and the ghetto on the south side of Chicago, mm-hmm. and they, they and ninety five percent of the students in that school go to college. They and they they got scholarship that is fully paid for, and people are fighting to go to this school, and that's that's really? getting that's getting a hard other ghetto. Don't tell me what we can't do if we pull together. Don't tell no, me. I don't. But see, but I don't think that's the question, though. I don't think that's the question, though, okay. because, you know, we talk about the good things that we do. So should we just talk about, let me go to you, Vanessa, because I want to give everybody no. time on this. So, so, Vanessa, so should we just talk about the good things we do and just kind of turn the blind eye to the things that are affecting our community? And I know this is, I'm reading something right now, you, you know, black stereotypes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll try to fit all that in the conversation. But, Vanessa, this, you know, one of the things about us is that we go where the conversation leads us. So if we don't come back around to that point, just, you know, hold your horses. So, Vanessa, so should we be in a situation where we talk about the good that we do, but we turn the blind eye to the things that people are doing within our community that uh, that's detrimental to other people? Well, you know, I bring it up, but when I break it up, you're breaking up. All right, go ahead. You you were breaking up. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry because I'm moving around. Okay, so y'all know I bring up the good, bad, and the ugly, and I get my my ass handed to me on the show. So I'm not the one who's going to keep quiet about what black people do uh, and what just what white people do. So I, I say tell it all. I think just. And that doesn't mean, not mean that you're not supporting other black people because you tell what they're doing, good, bad, and the ugly. It just doesn't. But, you know, to each his own. People don't want to discuss it. They want to feel like it's turning on black on black or whatever. Y'all do whatever y'all want to do because I'm going to call a spade a spade and keep it moving. Interesting. Momo B is back in the house. And uh, Momo B, let, let, me, uh, let me get your thoughts on this. Oh, uh, uh, hey. My thought on this is I don't like, personally speaking, I don't like 
when people say black on black crime. I never liked that. Um, never, never did I like that because what? I lived in a black neighborhood for look. I'm um, look. I'm 25, and um, no, I lived in a black neighborhood for most of my mm. life. <laughs> and mm. with that being said, there were people outside doing crime. Who are we supposed to rob and steal from? I look across the street, black people down, black, black people upstairs, black people down. We got to steal from each other. So you can say black on black crime. That's what it is because that's the neighborhood. If I go to a white neighborhood when there's all white people, I'm sure Bobby is out there robbing from white people. We, you don't ever hear nobody say white on white crime. So why are you talking about black on Thank black you. crime? Whatever neighborhood you live in, that's Thank who you're you. robbing. You're not going to drive way across the country to rob some different folks. You're robbing the people down the block. That's it. So I don't like black on black because I don't ever hear white on white, Chinese on Chinese, Italian on Italian. People get robbed everywhere from their own people. But all you hear is black on black, black on black. That don't be bothering well, Let me ask you something. Okay, that's interesting. But let me ask you this. I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Vanessa. And I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're, we're not going to do our uh, second update. I, I wanna, I'm going to push through that last break. Uh, we're going to go all the way up until Pastor Steve states your case because I want to make sure we get give everybody ample time to respond to this. Um, so let me ask you the same question that I asked Vanessa. So should we always talk about the good that African, African Americans do and turn a blind eye to the bad things that they do? I don't. And don't bring it out because I, 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 us talking about our own people? No, I'm not. I'm not saying that at all. But I wish we were okay. talking about more good than bad. I see that there's more bad being spoke about than the good. How about that part? Talk about more good. Let's. How Thank about you. we got an hour? Thank you. Let's talk about 15 minutes on good and 10 minutes on bad. Because we can see the news, and we can see already what they're putting out there. We got the news for that. So if you want to, if you want to impress me, talk about a lot of good. There's a lot of good out here, and we only hear a little smidgen of the good. But bad, you could turn to any channel and hear black on black. Oh, in the news today, we want to report that, uh, yeah, Shamika, she drowned her babies. What? Who wants to hear that? I don't know who wants to hear this type of stuff. But they say it every morning. That's why I don't want the news. I don't want to hear what nobody did. I don't want to hear the bad. That's why I don't want the news. The news got, they got, they got politics. They got black people doing something bad. And then they got commercial like shit. They don't ever have no good nothing. That's why oh, I don't thanks for that. Thanks. Good, except thanks. for the weather. The weather, thanks, thanks, I'm Mo, Mo, in the weather. Thanks, Momo B. Well, thank oh, thank okay. you for, uh, we were at a nice round number, and now now we're at 1825 because we're a file but mile. Thank you very much. Everybody. I just said one thing. But, Jay, don't you think the news in Houston talk about everybody who do something wrong? I mean, I think but, 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 you but, but, I okay. Okay, okay, true, but but let me ask you this, and uh, and trust me, Jerome, you, you're gonna have plenty. I mean, okay, oh, yeah, we, we got to get to Jerome here. Uh, uh, you know what? I, I'm gonna reserve. I'll, I'll talk about it. Jerome. We we have uh, we have we have about five minutes left. I, I want to make sure that we give you an opportunity to uh, state your opinion on this. Go ahead, brother. I want to hear what what, what I was going to say is, is that you're right, but at the end of the day, isn't that the reason why traffic is always bad around a traffic accident? Because people want to see this. You talk about being conditioned. We are conditioned to want to see, you know, ooh, what happened? Oh, ooh, look what happened. Oh, my God. It's like that sales. Rubber naked. Rubber naked. (laughs) 
if you have a news show that talks about nothing but good stuff, you're going to be out of business, right? I mean, because nobody wants to see that. They want a little bit of that, but what sells is drama. What sells are, you know, the shoot 'em up movies where people getting shot and killed. You know, you know, when was the last time all of us went and saw a, a movie that talked about the great – come on, man, nobody wants that stuff. Right? Is that? And I'm not saying to me, but I'm just saying in general. Last time you wouldn't watch that happy movie, you want to go see somebody get shot or get kicked or get scratched or something. I mean, it sells, right? I mean, am I wrong, Jerome? Uh, it just, you know, help me with this, and then give me your opinion on this whole topic in general. No, I, I think, I think good news was. I think it'll sell. I think it's you think how so? you deliver news. No, I I do. I think it was foul. I think that we're conditioned to listen to bad news because that moves you emotionally. So that's why the Republicans are always talking about the sky is falling. But when they're in office or in charge, they they're like, there's nothing to see here. But then they create fake stories to make you think that look at what the black people are doing, or they're stealing your welfare, or whatever. Like they know that negative moves people, and we have to do something to not condition ourselves to be susceptible to that. So I know that I created a show called Black on Black Crime for the very same reason, because I don't believe, like Momo said, crime is crime. So black on black is like knowing that white on white crime is just as prevalent and worse than black people having crime on black people. Crime is just who is to the, in the nearest vicinity of the person who's the perpetrator. So black people have crimes against black people. There's a Jewish mob. There's an Irish right. mob. There's a, you know what I mean? Like, it's just your community is preying on itself. It's just what mm-hmm. happens. We just take that, and white folks use that against us. Because anytime that we bring up something about ourselves, they always use it against us. It's like saying, well, what about black on black crime? Or black men without fathers? I always want to slap every white person that I ever hear say that. All black people don't have, are not fatherless. We have father figures. We grow, grow up in the community. The father figures are not what it means because it, it, what, what you think it means. It's not what the def- definition is because we don't go Jeffrey Dahmer. Wasn't he in a two-family household? Wasn't that dude who shut up that school in a two-family household? Maybe y'all don't need to have fathers in your daggone household. Like, we don't say that backwards because it sounds crazy. Right, but we do beat ourselves down as black people for stuff that white folks do. So the reason I created Black on Black Crime as a show was it was as as far as my definition, Black on Black Crime was when black people overtly criticize and 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 focus on black people in areas they won't focus on anybody else. Crime is crime. People who cheat cheat. People still steal. But black on black is something in our head because as a community, we take responsibility and it hurts us to see somebody who looks like us in pain. That's why we take it differently and that's why we react to it differently. No other community does that because when we look at, you know, white folks and we're like, you're in trailer parks and sleeping with your cousins, white folks won't be like, oh, I feel some kind of way that that poor white person is acting like that. They just act like they don't know them. Like, black people feel per- that's personal to us. We don't like to see each other, you know, we don't like to see each other suffer. I'm not saying that they do, but we can, uh, my show will talk about Ukraine, and I'll tell you why I think that is what it is. 
but we look at the world differently because we, you know, look at ourselves as a village. Take that personally, black on black crime. That what we believe is black on black crime, but it is an issue wow. of crime. Well, I, I tell you, um, I just think that uh, I mean, good points, guys. I mean, it's, it's interesting. What? What'd you say, Vanessa? Did she say my bad? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not sure why she's apologizing, but okay. Uh, uh, I think that um, I mean, God, you guys brought some great stuff to this one. I, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't look at it from that perspective, and I have to tell you, I am, uh, I am surprisingly, uh, what's the word term I'm looking for, Miss Elias? I am pleasantly surprised. I guess that's the term I'm looking for by by your responses this morning. Great, I mean, good stuff. Wow, that's that's good. That, that is good. All right. Uh, Let's get yeah, you can tell we don't define ourselves. That's right. Exactly. Let's get it negatively. <laughs> black That's all, that all right, folks. It is time for Pastor Steve State Your Case where we uh, read comments uh, from our world famous chat room and from social media. Mr. Elias, man, do you have anything you want to share with us? All from Corvina, man. He says they should impeach Uncle Thomas. It's crazy how many high connected people are associated with QAnon. Uncle Thomas' wife is just one of them. Then he goes on to say, it's a coincidence that two, the two of the highest black women in the political office are married to white men, VP and Supreme Court. Uh, he said 2022 may be the year black men politically rebel. <laughs> you know, I <laughs> okay, all right, that's it. there you go, my man, I hear you. All right, so look, I'm going to read, because we're really up against it. I'm going to read, let me see, let me pull three. I'm just going to pull any, mini miny, mo. There we go, we got them. All right, so here we go. Um, Pastor Steve says, peace and blessings, family, kudos, guys. What a great show. It makes you walk away wanting more. I love the topics. I love the dialogue. So glad that you guys are here to stay, and you guys are here for our community. I try my best to promote this podcast. I'm doing, he said, I'm not being biased by saying this, but this show is the absolute best. Period, full stop, be blessed. Thank you, Pastor. You are being biased. All right, uh, here's Clarence from Hope, Arkansas. He says, uh, who peed in Miss Vanessa's cornflakes this morning? <laughs> he said, my sister is feisty this morning. He said, Miss, we don't let the boys push you around, LOL. Uh, Mr. Jenkins. <laughs> From George, it says, interesting conversation around the Black News Channel. I've never heard of it before hearing about it today. The reason I love this show is because it is not backed by billionaire corporations, which means the material is raw, fresh, and emotional, just like I like my women. <laughs> Y'all keep doing the damn thing. All right, brother. <laughs> what the hell? All right, uh, Cindy uh, from Florida says, what difference does it make? That she is related to uh, Paul Ryan. She is in the judge. Barack Obama is related to Dick Cheney. What's the point? Okay. Uh, oh, Jerome. No, um, Jerome Jermaine. I, I keep calling you Jerome. It's not a point. I just didn't know. I just didn't know what the deal was. That's all. Oh, no. Okay. okay. Uh, Jermaine from NYC, he says, uh, good morning, crew. Love hearing my homegirl Momo be on the show this morning. That's right, Mo. He is from New York. Uh, great content, folks. Keep up the gr- good work. All right, that's that's it. I can't read anymore because we are up against it. When I tell you we're up against it, we up against it. Online radio at its best. But as always, we find a way to bring the airplane. We find a way to land that airplane every Sunday right on time. And it's time for our final thoughts. And Vanessa, ladies and first, final thoughts. Okay, my final thoughts are we have had. 
on uh, the justice and all of this stuff going on today, and, and, and that's all good. But let's not forget to pray for the women, the men, the children that are being killed over in Ukraine because yep. they just need everything, food, love, money, more guns, weapons. They just need everything, and I just feel sorry for those people over there. Here where I am can do whatever I want to do, and these people can't even stand in line and get bread or sugar without getting shot up just trying to get some food. So if you could yeah. just take a minute in in your day before we go into the week and just ask God for some prayers for those people over there, that's all I'm going to ask for. I'm not asking God for nothing for me today when I go in church, only to bless those people right there. That's all I'm going to ask God for when I go in church today. So y'all have a good week. And uh, Jerome and Les, I love fighting with y'all. Uh, and I am going to be fighting, and I'm not going to let y'all say anything just to me. I'm just going to stand up for what I feel. So thank y'all for allowing me to do that. Thank y'all for listening to the podcast. Vanessa, before you go, sweetie. Vanessa, before you go, sweetie, I love you too. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how to take that. Vanessa Run, I don't like the way that came out of his lips. All right, uh, Momo BZ, who sat in with us today. Thank you. Uh, final thoughts? Oh, my final thought is, yeah, I love y'all. I miss y'all. Glad to be a part of this show. But I want to say, I, look, I don't know how short I'm going to make this, but let me start with some words. Um, you better hurry check up. Check up on your people. Check up on your people because some, everybody that say they're good is not good. So check up on your people keep them intact. I spoke to two people yesterday. One person I thought needed me, and she was like, I'm fine, Auntie Momo. I got this. I got this. She just had a baby. And she said the first few months was um, rough, but I got this now. I'm like, okay, okay. So she was good. The second person that I thought was strong and independent and, and doing everything, that was the one who was in trouble. So check up on your people because what you think or what they perceive their life to be, everybody needs help sometimes. Everybody needs a hug. Everybody needs to laugh. So everybody, just keep up with your people. That's that's my final choice. That's what I'm talking about. All right, we're 90 seconds out. Mr. Jerome is free, man. Final thoughts. All right, well, Vanessa, I don't fight with Vanessa, and I don't like fighting or arguing, so that's not my thing. But I do want to say to, the to um, I guess, the guy who, whoever brought in their comments, that it is not, it's a false equivalent to the Obama and Dick Cheney. That is not a right equivalent. They want the the um, J- Judge Jackson's husband is first cousins, and and Paul Ryan endorsed her. I am talking about him having close relations to her and her philanthropy. That's more concerning than some distant, 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 distant cousin that may have been a relative through some fake DNA test. I don't know anything about that. So, good day. Oh, okay. Good day. All right, man. Make his first and last word, Mr. Elias, man. Final thoughts. Well, I, mine is going to be short and sweet. Today is my cousin, my, my favorite cousin's birthday, Al Bumpus. I love you. Happy birthday, cuz. Man, look, man, I love you to, to no end. And, you I, you know, I hate when you call me what you call me, but, hey, brother, it is what it is. You've been calling me that since I was a child, so I love you, cuz. <laughs> All right, well, you know the loud music means that we're off the air, but that's okay. Uh, my final thoughts, since we're off the air, I'm going to take my time and see what I have to say. All right, my final thoughts are, um, you know, in a couple of days, um, 
a, a person that means more to me than anything uh, will be celebrating a birthday. And, you know, I don't want to say anything about a belated birthday. I think it's, you know, for me, I'd rather say it, you know, before the birthday because I think it's important every day that we are here to see another birthday is fortunate. You know, we live in a world where people are crazy. We live in a world where people think they have the right to do what they want to do. And, you know, we live in a world where people actually think they have the right to take your life, even though they didn't give you life. And even if you did give them life, you don't have the right to take it. So I want to take this opportunity to uh, wish this person a very, very happy birthday uh, and tell them that uh, I love them more than you'll ever know. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to keep his name a secret anymore. So, uh, CJ So Cool, my man, I love you, bro. Appreciate you. Enjoy your birthday in two days. And that's it. But there he is. Yeah, right. <laughs> here we go. Jerome said you right. Oh, damn. No, 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 no. I said here we go. Yeah, like yeah. I wasn't agreeing with anything. I was just laughing. That's all. Look, we gotta go, yeah. Mr. Elias. If it's Sunday, we're talking serious. What is it, my brother? Oh God. It's time for the serious side of the J. Wow. <laughs> That clown, though. Happy birthday, punk. All right, coming up next, Mr. Jerome is free on a need-to-know basis. <laughs> As a shame. Four, three, two, The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? You know what time it is. It is time, even though we're two minutes late, for all the need to know basis with my main man, Mr. Jerome. And Jerome, if you allow me just 30 seconds, I want to say to my baby girl who's getting ready to start balling in about 30 minutes, Daddy is on his way. Because you was balling yesterday, Daddy was proud. All right, Jerome, sorry. It's all yours, my man. <laughs> you, know, you know what? I was going to give the first 30 seconds to LES to reply to what you just said to him when you came off the last show. <laughs> nah, well, fine. Nah, I'll, nah, I'll, nah, I'll nah, stick nah, around nah. and listen to it. Fine, fine, Mr. Elliott. Say what you nah, have to say. I, I have nothing to say to you. you bad okay. at you. I have nothing to say. Nothing. <laughs> but, but, what is that to say to you? Besides, I can't stand you. You make my, your black vomit. You make my hang bitch. That's all I'm gonna say to you. <laughs> oh man, you know what? I left the cuss cannon. I was gonna do something. I forgot. It's over. Okay, it's at the uh, 18:25 for next week uh, for those who listen to that show. Thank you, Jerome. All right, guys. No, 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 no. Before you go, really quickly, Les. Yes, sir. Since Jay was with us last week. You know he didn't know what the last dragon was, right? You know when you're a snitch, man. You know what, Jerome? Jerome, Jerome, ditches are for snitches. You a snitch, man. You know, I, I knew you was going to do that. I knew you were going to do that. You a snitch, bro. You a snitch, man. I needed him to throw you a, I needed him to throw you a TV show before you laugh. That's all. So since snitch. you didn't know the last dragon, we, and you keeping count, that you need to keep count on that one, too. You ain't know who Bruce Leroy was. Or, or show wow. up. Wow. Stuff is. Wow. He's a snitch, man. Yes, Mr. Woman was in that either, Jerome. I didn't know she was in that movie either. That was oh. the first role. Keisha Knight Pullman. I didn't know she was in that. Yes, mm-hmm. yep. She was little. Yeah, she was a little kid. Yep. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I know you got to go, man, but hey, watch Rudy. Have you ever seen a human tornado? 
the hell is that? That's the Ray Moore's movie, Jay. Hold on, hold on. Has Jerome, Jerome, have you seen it? Well, I have not seen that before, but I never say oh, what the hell is that. Oh, damn. He's laughing at me. You haven't seen it before. Come on, fellas. I was laughing. What oh, the it. hell is that? That's why I was laughing. Oh, okay. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> All right, Mr. Ellis, I have my homework. Jerome has his, too, because apparently he's not black enough because he don't know what it is. Okay. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm okay. plenty of black. Me, but okay. I'll look at it anyway. Snapchat baby girls, uh, some of baby girls' games. Tell the Snapchat some of baby girls' games. Yes, sir. <laughs> All, right, All right, guys. I'll check it out. I'll report back next week. Y'all have a great show. All right, Jay. We'll right, get you with too. you. <laughs> All right. So, because so, I have not, you know, I have not watched a lot of Rudy Raymore back in the day, but I have watched oh, yeah, enough yeah. of it. Well, I have to check that oh, out. It's, Human it's, tornado. It, it, it's definitely black sportation. <laughs> you were like, oh, yeah. you said, this is poor quality. <laughs> this is real poor quality. But, yes, and that is the thing is. that you get to appreciate about black sportation. That poor quality, <laughs> let's laugh at a movie mm-hmm. that's trying to be a little serious, which makes it hilarious. Yeah. That's, and when he tries the karate things, man, you will laugh. You will laugh. Mm-hmm. Man, it's like, what is this dude is funny, man? But hey, I digress. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I was trying to, I was trying to give Jay some more up to date kind of movies like, um, like Deliver Deliver Us from Eva, which is a good movie yeah. with LL and um, Gabrielle and, Union. Uh, Gabrielle so, Union, yes. Yes, we're just mm. talking about movies that define kind of black culture. So you can tell when they have black mm-hmm. writers. You could tell, like, we get colloquialisms out of some of them. We we have inside jokes. You know, just like, uh-huh. like Shona. If you ain't watched The Last right. Dragon, you don't know who Shona is. He's a bully. He's, he's a bully That's before sure. Debo. <laughs> right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah. So, I was just saying it defines, you know, how we relate is that we have these same cultural movies. But Jay can't, Jay can't seem to get a, a gist of that segment to say that it's, it's him not being black. Is what, is oh, I, was, how he I, was, I was listening to him when you asked about the last drag, and I was like, "Dude, please tell me you know who that is." <laughs> yeah, he's saying not. I was like, "Oh my god!" Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, was say, I, I can't remember what he thought the last dragon was, though. I'm like, "Wait a minute, what?" <laughs> I was something old, else. Yeah, oh, fine. Uh, vanity in there. Oh, nice vanity. Oh, that's what I, that's why I don't understand why he don't know what it was. If you if you mm-hmm. keep up with vanity, um, you gonna we gonna mm-hmm. really pull your card then. Really? <laughs> so I I had to, I had to be easy on him because you wasn't there. But I told him you need to be on the show uh, when LDS comes back. And see now he he had to get out. She could have canceled her basketball game. She could have did something else. I'm just joking. <laughs> he, he know he could have made time made him schedule a game during the show or like we all do he could have called in while he was traveling but you see how he ran up out of here mm-hmm. okay. that's for sure yep oh so, you know uh, okay so our first news story you know um people in fact i heard you man i heard you man <laughs> oh, i heard you man yeah, I'm trying children. to get my mama ready to, so I can take her too, Mister Mister Esprit, if you don't mind, sir. Ah, okay, my bad. I can't say nothing. <laughs> thank to you. Mama. Okay, I am not thank you. To, 
ain't trying to get nobody house you thrown at me while I'm on this show. <laughs> there you go. It's your thrown at you too, sir. Yeah. Look, I know how this works with black bombers because they can get there at you. There you go. Or if she starts tearing at the phone a little bit, I might still feel that too. You got to give you the work. <laughs> Remember who was saying, oh, 
we don't need to defund the police. So what if the police isn't there? You know, people make that argument. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a false argument. Defunding the yes, police is, is not getting rid of the police. The role it's of the just police taking the money and putting it somewhere else. That's all. Right. We defunded. Yeah. We defunded schools. Anybody say a word? So when these schools don't have books and can't go on field trips and all of that stuff, we don't say a doggone thing. But we didn't right. say, so, you know, um, get rid of schools because they defunded it. They just bare bones in it. And yeah. so police. It doesn't know where to live. The police need military vehicle and tactics. They do not and all need military. They don't man. need tanks. No. They don't, we have no. a military. They don't need none of that stuff. Right. Right. We have that. We have a National Guard. They have a SWAT team that has, like, military weapons. You don't need that with regular with a regular police force. So defunding the police, you know, we still have to take back the definition. Defunding the police means that you do not have to upgrade the police to military stat, um, status. They already have a set budget. You don't need to keep throwing a bunch of money at them. So even when Biden said that at the um, State of the Union about defunding the police, he, he's playing into white people's fear because white people believe defunding the police means that you don't want, that you're not having any police officers. And so he was wrong for that. So I don't think they do a good job of having black people around them, Biden included, to actually understand what the definition is. But once white folks change the definition, you have to address your concerns per their definition. That's, That's why they sure. were they Republicans are great. I say it again. They're they great at messaging. They will, they, will, they will throw a message out there and they'll stick to it. Yeah. They, they, they change the meaning of things so much that it drives me crazy that, that we don't push back against it. You know, so when, when, You're right. when, when the culture creates something, like just black people create something, white folks have their alternate meaning of what they think that you're saying, and then that becomes the meaning of it. So defund yep. the police, getting rid of the police to white people. Yep. It don't That's mean that's black. Yeah. No. So now we it have sure to does. deal with it, that definition. So mm-hmm. that, and I'm telling you, even if you found a different word, they will, they will flip that. You know, they're it's like doing that. That's for sure. <laughs> They'll yeah, put anything on you, man. That's why they they stuck on that define what a woman is thing, right? Doing the Supreme Court here. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know the definition of a, of a woman, and so they were trying to trying to create um, this definition to use against her, but they needed her words to do it, and she wouldn't give them the words, and that was smart. When somebody asks yeah. you something, it's like talking to a police officer. He pulls you over and he says, where are you going? The trick is you don't have to tell him where you're going. So because um, he could say something like, hey, well, you should have made a left instead of a right. Why would you go this? You're just prolonging the conversation. Yeah. So I'm not saying to antagonize them and ask them where they're going. I'm just saying this that's just a tactic to help you incriminate yourself for something that they can use against you just to keep you talking. Oh. But my, 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 my only thing with that with her is that Republican parties do that all the time. They don't, they don't, they don't videotape saying stuff like, uh, like when they were talking about the Supreme, I would never push the Supreme Court justice through. Then they push Amy Coleman Barrett through with like 40 days. It's pushed yeah. it through. It's like, what? 
You know, you're on tape seven. I don't care. I, I said it. So what? That's what we need to own it. We need to say, hey, okay, I said this, and so what? Now I, I don't. I got a different opinion. Now what? What are you going to do about it? We need to start owning that stuff because they, they do the same thing day in and day out, and it's irritating to me. Right. And you know what's worse for me is that they, um, in doing that, we keep feeling like, and I think on the Democratic side, because I'm not a Democrat, but on their side, they keep saying stuff like, oh, we want to go back to normal. Normal was not good for us either, right? So when they say that, so once they cheated, they're like, no, no, we want to go back to normal. And it's like, what is normal to you? They change what the norm is, so just push her through and be out. But Mm -hmm. instead of doing that, they keep us in the doggone, in a a matrix. So, you know, the, the... thing that we have to do is we have to remain diligent. And this is pretty much why I don't like to answer questions either, is because as we are doing the show, I think that from most of the comments that I get back, that people usually appreciating, appreciate cutting through that impression that other people are trying to make us have. Like, so if you, read, if you redefine something to me, I'm going to redefine it back to you and answer the question as I defined it. Because hmm. it's it's more accurate to what we met, so I, I'll I'll go back on, on for the young kids. You know, it used to drive me crazy that term "getting jiggy with it." Remember that song by Will Smith? Yep, I sure do. Remember the song? Well, jiggy yep. just means mm-hmm. being fly, like dressing fly, being jiggy. And mm-hmm. white folks made it a dance. So if somebody's dancing, yeah. it's like, oh, they're getting jiggy. It's like they because they saw it in a music <laughs> video. They associate the word with dancing opposed to it meaning being fly or dressing. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. I fight back that I fight back against that as a black person. Say, hey, you don't take our stuff and redefine it. That's not what that meant. Mm-hmm. You know, so even in pet, with petty stuff like that, we need to be a little bit more diligent when another community defines what your own words mean. It's like, you know, in the words of, of day day on next Friday, uh, you need to stop hanging around black folks. If you if you can't accept our words for what it is, <laughs> stop looking at us. Stop like stop watching video like all of that because you are just you are just making it something that it isn't. So you know now uh, an enormous city sized ice shelf broke off of the eastern Antarctic. Right, Ooh, and it's alarming scientists who believe that the region was one unlikely to be immediately affected by the changing climate, but it's caused the um, conger ice shelf, a chunk uh, of ice the size of Rome, collapsed into the ocean mm. this month. Yep, Mark, the wow. first time in human history that an ice structure of that size broke off in the frigid. Um, in the frigid waters in that part of the Ooh, planet. Yeah. It's, not good. That's, it's not good at all. Yes, because that is considered the coldest um, part of the earth. So when that starts breaking apart and melting, that's a problem. Mm. So wow. if um, you know anything about how daylight savings time works and all of that, it's because the top of the earth shifts to the position of the sun, right? So we have daylight savings time. But the bottom part of the earth 
um, the Antarctica side never gets that much sun. So it stays hmm. colder longer, and it does not have a lot of sunlight um, for, um, you know, the hours of days, the hours that it has sunlight is always shorter than any other part of Earth. And that part is warming up. So the ice collapse hmm. came because of their soaring temperatures in the region with daily temperatures in East Antarctica of 70 degrees Fahrenheit. That's above Ooh. normal and alarming science. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that would alarm me. 70 degrees in Antarctica? Yeah, that would definitely alarm me. Yep. Wow. So they said a, a span of 460 square miles broke off the Arctic sheet. And so, again, wow. we could we we could keep ringing that bell, and have y'all can listen to Tom, whatever his name is, with uh, Tom Cotton and Ted Cruz. You can listen to them fools if you want to, but something is going on, and we need to deal with it. Right? If we don't, it's gonna be bad. Like Ted yeah. Cruz said, I believe in global warming when we get snow in Texas. Do you believe it now, Bud Plug? Do you believe it? Right, <laughs> you got a snowstorm in Texas. Well, you got a snowstorm in Texas last year, partner. You, do, do you still believe that? Do, do, still don't believe it? Right, <laughs> just dumb, man. Now you know, uh, you know, in court, the uh, a jury hand um, this company called Stone Brewing fifty six million dollars in a trademark war against Miller and Coors, and that. I would, that's the big guys, right? So an eight-member federal jury agreed that the San Diego-based craft brewer, um, brewer, Stone Brewery, they had their trademark had been infringed by um, Miller's, Miller and Coors in their Keystone um, beer rebrand. So they named something Keystone, but apparently some brewery company hmm. was using Keystone. And so now they just won $56 million. Man, so you know, I I when I saw that, I kept thinking, you know what? It is sometimes it does pay off to sue the big guys when they infringe up on your space. Now, um, a million, Minneapolis teachers um, um, in their schools reached a deal to end their strike. If you kept up with this nationally, administrators say that they have a tentative agreement, but the Minneapolis teachers actually went on strike for a while, and now apparently they're back. Back in the fold. Now, there's a study that says drinking two cup, two coffees, two cups of coffee a day, may cut your risk of heart right. disease and early death by up to 15 percent, according to the study. So, researchers from um, in Australia uh, found that people in their 50s who drank two coffee two or three times a day were 10 to 15 percent less likely to suffer heart disease, heart failure, and irregular heartbeat, or die from any cause. And I don't even hmm. drink coffee. Yeah. Me either. Man. I drink it once right, a wait. week, maybe. Do yeah. you really? Saturday yeah. Or Sunday. Yeah, Saturday or Sunday I drink it, but that's it. Yeah. Yeah, because hmm. you know what's weird is like you'll hear a study that coffee's bad for you, and then it's good for you, and then it's bad for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes yeah. you don't know which one you need. You don't know which one you need to do at any given, at any given point. We just mm-hmm. know it's stains your teeth, so that's a whole other story. Now, the Biden yeah. administration will soon offer 
uh, Americans who are 50 years and over a second booster shot of the either the Pfizer or the Moderna vaccine. So if you want another booster, it is perfectly, uh, it'll be free, and that they're going to start offering those shots. I don't know what I think about the boosters, but I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> but never mind. Not going to comment on because we always have so much controversy on people who don't want to take a shot and take a shot. Like I've been watching these internet folks. Um, talk about, you know, Kyrie Irving coming back because they added New York City mayor, um, added athletes to the waiver because um, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a visiting team into New York, you don't have to have the vac- be vaccinated. But if you play for New York, you can't enter a building if you live in New York or work for a company in New York and you don't have your shot. That, so he that waved makes no sense athlete. at all to me, man. That makes no sense at all to me. At all. Yeah, he, did, because, yeah, he didn't do that. That was from the last administration. So he signed okay. a, um, an executive order that included athletes because he said it didn't make sense. But mm-hmm. you have to remember during the pandemic, um, they don't differentiate athletes from non-athletes when you make an executive order. You're like people who work and do this need to do this, right? So they don't say, oh, but mm-hmm. there's an exception to athlete. They don't normally do that. Because everybody in the arena had to show their vaccination at some point, so why would the athletes be immune to being vaccinated? It didn't make sense. Right? right? Because they're the ones who are who's sweating and breathing and coughing, so they can make the whole mm-hmm. arena sick. <laughs> right? Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, Oh, you know, I don't know if you saw this, but Steven Jackson um had um, yeah. I guess Stephen A. because he went off on Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, and mm-hmm. another story. But Stephen A. Smith <laughs> was saying that since Kyrie didn't get the vaccinate, getting didn't get vaccinated, and now he's playing, he's hoping that he doesn't become a poster child or a role model for those people who are going against the system. And Stephen mm-hmm. Jackson was like. Who are you to determine whose role model anybody needs to be one way or another? And it's sad. Now, that's a black-on-black crime because yeah. <laughs> I don't remember him going after, what's my man's name at Green Bay, the quarterback? Oh, uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers, yeah. Yes, I don't mm-hmm. remember him going hard at Aaron Rodgers for his stand in this, but he's now concerned mm-hmm. that people are going to look at Kyrie. as that. That's too much focus on him. Just because you're a company they, man... They, they, yeah, I, I, I did that same thing when a guy at work, and he's talking, I don't see why Kyrie. I said, did you say the same thing about Aaron Rodgers? He's like, yeah, I did, but, you know. I said, ain't no buts to it. I said, Aaron Rodgers lied and said he was vaccinated. Kyrie, right. hey, I'm not vaccinated. Aaron Rodgers led right. you to believe that he was vaccinated. So yep. I don't want to hear that one. No, I don't. You're mad at he, the person who told you the truth, and the guy who mm-hmm. lied to you, you're okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I, I mm-hmm. guarantee you if it's the other way around, they would say, well, at least Aaron told you, and Kyrie lied. See how that goes? Mm-hmm. That their emotion yep. would be in the lie more than it would be the truth. But since they're black and white, the difference is a white person lied. It's like, oh, yeah, he lied, and he was wrong for that. Mm-hmm. But I hate Kyrie because he wouldn't do something that mm-hmm. everybody else wanted him to do. Mm-hmm. Like, that's crazy. That's maddening in that, in that case. Now, um, lawyers for the relatives of the of Sandy Hook Elementary shooting victims 
asked the Connecticut judge to order Alex Jones's arrest again after he defied mm. a court order, and um, and he was a no-show for another deposition. He know he's wrong. Mm. He already lost, and mm-hmm. he won't come in for a deposition because Alex Jones is still saying that their kids being killed was a hoax. <laughs> like, how do you say that to somebody? Wow, really? How do you? He said, how "Yeah, it was a conspiracy." Say it again. Mm. How can you say that about somebody who lost their child, man? This is a hoax that a person lost their child to a shooter. Uh, he needs to go to jail, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't. Again, I don't know why they get some cheats for stuff when they knowingly lie about something. They're knowingly misleading people and they're laughing about it. Mm-hmm. And, and because they're making a lot of money, they they give them they give them permission to do that. Everybody else yeah. would be pulled off the air. Yeah. You know. You know, and we don't want to go to professional sports. What's my man's name who played for the Bulls? Um, oh, uh, Craig Hodges? Craig Hodges. We don't hear Jack from Craig mm-hmm. Hodges, but Craig Hodges should be a hero for speaking truth to power. Mm-hmm. He yep. said something, people can't live with it. Whoopi says something. He stood behind gets... what he said. He stood behind yeah. what he said, man. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So people look at that different when it comes. That's what, again... That's why black-on-black crime exists in my head is because we're overtly focusing on black people um, anytime they say or do anything. If it's not praising um, your oppressor, then you are wrong for saying it. Now, um, President Joe Biden is reportedly planning uh, to propose a new minimum tax on billionaires. He want to establish a 20% tax on all households worth more than a hundred million dollars, I think that's reasonable. And I'm not saying that because I don't have a hundred million dollars. I'm just saying well, that's reasonable. Good luck. They're gonna right. fight that tooth and nail, brother. <laughs> oh, we're gonna watch the Republicans try to make it look like like he's taxing mm-hmm. people who are on social services. Like all yeah. Americans will. It's far less than what I pay in taxes. It's far less than what I would pay in taxes. But they, they, they really they don't, pay don't want to pay that. Yeah. Yeah. So the White House plans on unveiling, unveiling the billionaire minimum income tax on Monday as a part of his um, 2023 budget. That's according to the Washington Post. But, you know, it would have to pass through Congress and become a law. And, is, of course, like you said, it's going to face opposition like crazy. Mm-hmm. So the proposal aims to close a... Uh, purported loophole that base, that basically benefits the nation's 100 um, or so billionaires. No, I'm sorry, 700 billionaires. I didn't know it was that many billionaires. But anyway, 700 wow. billionaires, many of them um, have their wealth in stock, which is not taxed until it's sold for a profit. So the White House plans to mandate that billionaires pay a tax rate of at least 20% of their total income, including the combination of traditional forms of wage income and whatever they may mm-hmm. have, unrealized gains or the rising value of stock is sold. Ooh, that's going to be a tough one. Yes, and, it is. It's going to be very you know, tough. You know it, I know it. Yep, yep. Mm. So I, 
I have to protect my little two hundred dollars, uh, make sure I don't get taxed <laughs> on that. But they get to buy two hundred million dollars from everybody, and they they mm-hmm. don't get taxed on that, right? That's that's right. for sure. <laughs> all right. Now I remember the big chicken craze of Popeyes and all of that, I, and I wouldn't eat that. I'm I'm still trying to figure out, Elias, between me and you, why there's so much doggone chicken available. Because technically, <laughs> think about this. The farmers of chickens, remember, you know, when you have bird flu, you have to kill all of the chickens and all of that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Why does yeah. every restaurant seem to have a daggone chicken sandwich? Where's all this chicken coming from? Uh, that right. one, I, I, it's a little shocking, but, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, I... I have a theory on that, but I'll tell you after this news story. So Panera is making their entry into the chicken sandwich wars, which white folks love to call stuff wars. But anyway, um, they're launching um, two new takes on um, on chicken. So three years after Popeye's version went viral, Panera said that they're going to offer two varieties of fried chicken sandwiches at its cafe's starting March 30th. So in the next, another couple of days, they're going to start running their commercials <laughs> on the new chicken sandwich from Pop, uh, from Panera. I can see mm. KFC and Popeyes, people who actually yeah. eat chicken doing that. But when mm-hmm. McDonald's jumped into it and, you know, I'm like, just, that's a lot of chicken. <laughs> you know? I'm wondering when Church's Chicken is going to pop, jump into it. <laughs> right, right. Church is going to have to jump into it. Um, you're going to mm-hmm. start watching corner stores jumping in chicken sandwich. Like, there's too much chicken going around. Somebody's going to have to explain that. To yeah. I, I'm, um, yeah, yeah, there, there's something very wrong in here someplace. All right, now, a Capitol rioter from California who was wanted by the FBI has been granted asylum in Belarus after being hit with 14 charges inside the U.S. So Evan Newman, 49, received documents um, confirming his refugee status in a ceremony broadcast by Belarusian state media on Tuesday after first entering the country last summer. So, again, mm. Belarus. Russia, Capitol riot, Donald Trump. I don't know why you can't draw state line through all of this, but something going on that um, we are failing to put together. Mm. Like there's something else going. Now, a Republican from, where is he from? Uh, I want to say he is Geez, I don't know why I lost that out of my head right quick. Let me take a quick look. I think he's from Arkansas. No, Nebraska. So U.S. Republican Jeff Fordenberry of Nebraska announced his resignation. So they lost somebody from Congress again. This is two days after being found guilty of lying to the FBI about illegal campaign donations totaling over $30,000. Now, Mm. I don't know about this, but they're saying it's from a Nigerian billionaire. Now, every time I hear Nigerian stuff, it's always about, you know, scams and stuff. Like, I'm of Nigerian prince stuff. But this mm-hmm. is the first time I feel like uh, somebody influencing a member of Congress. And the congressman is not black, so when you hear Nigeria, you're thinking, whatever. We want to mm-hmm. stop the racists from, you know, being inside their head too much. But this 
dude resigned, and he writes a he 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 posts a poem by Mother Teresa. Oh my lord! So, I I have to say mm. I love the boldness of Republicans. Like they'll bring up Martin Luther King when it benefits them. Mm-hmm. Like they'll be like, yeah. they will throw stuff at you. You're like, wait, what does stealing have to do with uh, illegal campaign contributions? Have to do with Mother Teresa? But they will make mm-hmm. a way. Leave it to them to change the paradigm. So mm. he resigned his house seat on Saturday after he was convicted of three felonies earlier in the week, and uh, he served nearly two decades in Congress. Wow. Yep. Now, um, a South Dakota hotel owner who is 76, um, he has, I don't want to call it controversy, but which it should be, but he banned Native Americans because, um, you know, a Native American, let's see how I can put this story, because she can't tell if there's a bad Native or a good Native, so she won't let any Native Americans in her hotel. Can you believe that? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those one of those stories. So now she gets to discriminate because she's like, if there's Native Americans here, we won't know which are the good ones and which are the bad ones. Oh, now, wow. What's the, again, what's the, what's the I just want to step back and say, how do you know good white people from bad white people when you snow their rain? I was just saying, say, really, how do you know which I, white folks are good, which white folks are bad? You know, come exactly. on. Exactly. Really? Yeah, she she posted a comment on Facebook banning Native Americans from staying at her Grand Gateway Hotel in Rapid City, South Dakota, after a shooting took place there on Saturday morning. So she's, I guess, blaming it on Natives and saying she don't know the good ones from the bad ones. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, I, I can I can tell you, the bad ones usually have a button, and they're playing LL Cool J's <laughs> "I'm Bad." So you know they. So if they if they're not if if they're not like rapping that I eliminate punks cut them up in chunks if they're not saying like lines from bad they're not bad oh I forgot and Michael Jackson's bad too your your butt is mine wow. <laughs> if they start singing lyrics from <laughs> that's how that's how you can tell bad Native American and black people is that they usually sing those songs a lot <laughs> so now um. The Ukrainian president, Zelensky, he's begging the West for tanks, planes, and missiles to fend off Russian forces. But he's Mm -hmm. also accusing NATO of holding back because of intimidation from Moscow. So he's saying that they're scared of Russia is why they're not giving them weapons. Now, I have to say, listen, I have to say I admire that because you got to be some kind of slow for somebody to say, because uh, we remember this on the playground as kids. It's like the baddest one hit my hand. Like, you are trying to say that y'all scared of them so you can fight them. Are you kidding me? You better come up with a better argument than that. Y'all just scared. It's like, if you've never been in the fourth grade, then you would fall for some of that. You know, mm. I dare you to do that. Jump off this bridge. you just scared. It's like, <laughs> hey, that, that must be what I'm saying, because if you – uh, would you jump off a bridge because your other, you know, if somebody told you to jump off a bridge thing, right? Yeah. So yeah, really. nobody's falling. Yeah, nobody's falling for that um, um, Zulinski. So I just want to put that out there. And whatever, really? send your comments to Jay because I really don't care. 
Now, actor Sean Penn is calling for the Oscars to boycott if they don't let Zulinski allow to speak at a cer- ceremony, at the ceremony. Mm. And, uh, and, and said he, he, he wants to protest. Now, again, when black people were boycotting the Oscars because they wasn't putting no black people in there, I don't think mm-hmm. that black people asked, hey, why don't you let Mr. Farrakhan speak at the, at the Oscars? We didn't go to the blackest person that we know and say, y'all need to accept <laughs> But it, again, I know Sean Penn has been doing international work for a while, and I'm not downplaying that they're at war. But I am saying that it is funny that when it's time to fight, we selectively choose who it is that we want to back. So Sean Penn mm. is making a span, stand. Much respect to Sean Penn uh, for calling for a boycott of the Oscars. Um if uh, Zelensky is not appear is, is not allowed to appear by video, and vows to, um, um, you know, I think he, I don't know if he got an award or he's nominated, but he vows to not um, take his award. So, hey, mm. most people need to stand up on their on their morals, and if that's what you want to do, exactly. that's what you want to do. Um, mm. I just want to say this, along with Pam Greer and many other actresses. Um, Regina Hall, I don't know what it is about her, but I love her. So, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. she's hosting the Oscars. I'm not going to tune into yep. the Oscars, but I, that's a draw, is that you have Regina Hall there. Now, Amy Schumer is a reason for me not to watch it. So I'm kind of, I have to use Wanda Sykes <laughs> as a guide, and I can go either way. That's there not a go. shot on her being gay. That I can go either way, but I'm just saying, you know, I, I'm, I don't know how I feel about the Oscars. All right, now, um, I, I don't know how to, how to do this story, but they're one step closer to giving men the pill. There's a non-hormonal contraceptive tablet that can prevent 99% of pregnancies, according to a new, uh, new trial findings. And it was developed by the University of Minnesota scientists um, that men can now take the pill for uh, women taking the pill, the men can take the pill to avoid pregnancy. Well, wow. they're not okay. getting somebody pregnant. I don't know how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if Vanessa was yeah, there, she would. Not be. Yeah, still on top of the though, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah this, this is true. So don't don't mm-hmm. get it don't get that twisted. It's not a pill against disease, a pill against mm-hmm. pregnancy. So I guess they're saying for women. Um, I, I guess it's okay. So let's let's do this. We'll put, we'll we'll practice our um, our at, our abstinence class by saying this: for married couples, if you don't want to have ch- children right now, there's a pill for men. How about that? There you we go. won't even talk about it. We're not go. married. Yeah. There you go. There's a fine line. We can make this work. Now, um, <laughs> a father of four who is forty was killed by a grizzly bear doing his hike in mm. Yellowstone National Park. So, again, I know that there's always these sayings of, if you see a bear, do this. If you do this, bears kill deer, and they catch fish. Every bear is faster than a human. Don't ever believe you yeah. can outrun a bear. So, mm. this guy, Craig um, um, Cotier, um, 
40 of um, Livingston, I guess it's, um, uh, they didn't say where it was, it just says of Livingston. It was reported missing after he was hiking in the Six Mile Creek area of Paradise Valley. According to the um, the Living Enterprise, I guess it's a paper, um, his remains were found by the um, Park um, County search and rescue officials. And they just said that it's with a very heavy heart that they're writing the update that after extensive um, search that they found him. And it looks like that he had an encounter with a grizzly and unfortunately didn't survive. So, you know, when you're out, people, you need to respect being in the wilderness. They don't stop calling them wild animals. You are technically the wild animal in their space. Exactly. <laughs> so I know I've done like bear stories before, but I just want to give people a perspective. When you are in somebody else's space, you need to respect their space. Exactly. Now, now you know it's a, a weird. Um, well, I know I've done a lot of weird stories, but this one. You know, wait, wait. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna skip that one. So just to give you one more serious story. Before. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was thinking about this, and I'm like, this. Nope, nope. I was thinking that we were going to send the, the show off the rails. Um, but, you know, a, a Las Vegas, in Las Vegas, a casino will pay $8 million to a middle school teacher who um, was served a glass of chemicals instead of beer, causing him to suffer, yeah. like, permanent ulcers, yep, and to lose his sense of taste. Now, I don't know wow. how this happened, but the circumstances, but a jury awarded um, Lon Enright $8 million after he lost his sense of taste and suffered a, long, a lifelong lifelong ulcer mm. after drinking cleaning chemicals served to him at um, Barley's Casino and Brewing Company. Never heard mm. of them, and I won't be in there. I don't know no, how that can happen. Yeah, that means somebody wow. did that on purpose. Exactly. That's the point. Yeah, that was that was no accident that you got some cleaning chemicals. You in, ingested some cleaning chemicals. Mm. You know, so you know, and you know, people with depression. And I thought of the story when Momo B brought this up um, in her last, um, her final thoughts. Is that this story just says that people with depression or anxiety are twice as likely to get health benefits from regular exercise, according to a study from the Massachusetts General Hospital. Um, their scientists has tracked exercise regimens of more than 50,000 patients, and they found that those with anxiety or depression diagnosis had um, doubled the heart benefits. So mm. when you're depressed, I know it's hard to get out and exercise and move, but that is, you know, even before you deal with somebody's problems if they don't want to talk, convince them to go out and get some air to see that the world is a whole lot bigger than um, you know some of the things that they're going through so I just wanted to make sure I did that story before you know uh, we got out of the show today now yeah. LA's top plastic surgeons uh, they're saying they're, they're dealing with a soaring demand of um, foot fillers like people are literally getting Botox in their feet just because what? they want to navigate. Yeah, I know. They said the 900-foot nine, red carpet that, you know, it may sound strange, 
but people are getting injections in their feet for Botox just so that they could um, do red carpet. Okay. I don't know what that is. Does it make your yeah. feet bigger? Or? So you I want bigger feet? I think what you're saying is it provides more cushion, so it might make your feet numb is what I'm thinking. Because uh, I think Botox okay. injections, injections are like it, it's a face filler so that you don't have wrinkles, right? So those toxins right. don't stretch your skin. So I think if you get Botox in your feet, it might make them numb for people wearing high heels. So there must be some kind of mm. weird benefit to that. Mm. Okay, I'm guessing so women. Yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all can deal with that uh, a little bit later, but I'm just, just reporting the story. Now, more than half of black homeowners that were looking for refinancing their home they were rejected when they applied at Wells Fargo. That's according to new analysis. And a recent report from Fortune magazine notes that the interest rates dropped during the COVID pan- pandemic, and many homeowners sought to take advantage of the lower um, mortgage rates. However, the report found that only 47% of black homes, uh, home loans, were refinanced um, when they were sent applications to Wells Fargo. Um, that's in 2020, compared to 72% for white applicants. Only 47 of black applicants, with the same credit scores, mind you, were accepted, and they took longer. So white folks would put in their applications, receive an approval in a couple of weeks, where it took black people like six and seven months to even get a rejection, and sometimes we got their approval. So Wells Fargo obviously are taking people who are black and setting their applications to a side aside to go through a different type of um, review process. That's what it looks wow. like to me. Yeah. Mm. So as people say, you know, on, you know, whether it's this show or any other show, that we focus on black people topics a lot, that's probably why. You know, mm. Black people are still being singled out by major corporations. Now, again, I don't have to run this disclaimer, but Wells Fargo is saying their attorneys are saying that that's not true. But the the study says that it is. So believe their attorneys or your lying eyes. (laughs) They're saying about that. You can't believe your lying eyes. Yep. Now... You know, being that we talked about the black news channel, you know, I, and I didn't watch it a lot. You know, I watched it every now and then. And I, I actually did it on this show two years ago when they started the black news channel. Because, again, I knew the president of the black news channel. And when that news came down the pike, I did it doing one of our news segments. And, um, you know, with that being said, the, the Byron Allen um, organization, they have the Allen Media Group, owned by Byron Allen, announced that its free um, streaming digital platform, HBCU Go, um, the leading, you know, provider of the nation's 105 historically black colleges and universities, is entering into a, a multi-year partnership with the Southwest Atlantic Com- Conference. So this is the first ever pro- partnership um, grant the HBCU go cable um, linear and streaming broadcast and pay-per-view rights of a premier division one HBCU conference um, um, this is the first 
like um, agreement of its kind. But this is coming from mm-hmm. a black CEO with a black company that he is acquiring rights for all HBCU sports and events. Wow. Or just pretty much okay. conference. Yep. Now, you know, Byron Allen or the Allen Media owns the Grio, local news now, and sports TV. So when you see hmm. local news now, when you go through your fire stick or something, at Byron Allen owns those platforms. Hmm. And we already know he owns wow. the Weather Channel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he's been, yeah, he's been a billionaire for a while. So hopefully, mm-hmm. not hopefully, but if they want to keep the black news channel black, Byron Allen can actually, but Byron already has a network, but I don't know if he's going to find it feasible, but that, you know, that's, that's always an option. So there are black people out there who have that kind of money or who can leverage that kind of money to buy a network, but. That's why I never understood that. Like, they said, I can't remember the name of it, but it was Douglas Fairbanks, Charlie Chaplin, and and, and there's a, a woman that owned uh, TriStar. And all of them put their money together, and they, they, they owned the studio. I was like, wow. Never, never yeah. could understand that. Why, why yeah. black folks never got together? Because you got Bill Cosby and Oprah. Why don't we get together on our own studios? Yeah, but you, you see what happened, right? So they're not allowed to. So if so, yeah. to have an agreement with somebody like TriStar, and I didn't know that those three um, folks owned it. Mary Pickford. But, Mary Pickford, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you still have to partner with somebody who's going to do distri- distribution. So if you have a okay. TriStar Pictures as a movie house, somebody's going to have to distribute it. So I know we talked about for years all of the problems that Byron Allen has had because even though he owns entertainment studios, and they produce shows like Funny You Should Ask and a bunch of judge shows. Uh, you know, those mm-hmm. all comes from famous studios um, that Byron Allen owns. But they would not put Byron Allen, and I say they, meaning the big cable companies, would not put Byron Allen's network on cable. So he recently mm-hmm. sued them, remember a couple years ago, um, right. you know, AT&T, Spectrum. Cox Communication, because in their agreement, they have to have um, some kind of black-owned television network on their statement uh, on their stations, because the FCC says, hey, you have to be fair. So they have to have these black-owned stations. And Byron Allen made the case that even though he owned the Weather Channel, which is a which is technically a network, that he couldn't do regular programming. So he hmm. cited O-Own because Oprah does not own OWN. So that's not a black-owned network. Discovery hmm. Networks owns OWN. Um, wow. Aspire, Magic Johnson's um, station, is a partnership between Cox Communication and Magic Johnson's company, right? Hmm. Um, Revolt is another puffy. Um, Sean Combs does not own Revolt. It is a partnership mm. between, uh, I think that's another Cox communication, and um, and Sean Combs' company. So he doesn't really produce anything on those networks. And you know BET is owned, I think, by Viacom or somebody. So there are no right. 100% black-owned networks. And the way that these companies have been skating through black-owned networks is that they're having partnerships with black people, 
and the white folks are still owning the network. So Byron Allen sued them and said, you guys are not adhering to this because there's no black-owned networks or black people that own 51% of any of these networks. There are no totally black-owned networks. You know, so the Black News Channel was black-owned, and Bounce TV is black-owned, right? But they're not on cable. They are um, individual agreements with between the local broadcasters is what Bounce TV did very effectively. Mm-hmm. And, and I know this is a lot of math, but it's kind of how Ted Turner started, you know, the Turner Networks. He owned eight stations. So he was able to broadcast on eight stations, which essentially became a network. So when cable first started, he was able to say, hey, we're going to do TBS, which was his original station, and we're going to do headline news, and then we're going to do CNN. Like, he was able to do that because he had eight stations, so he can broadcast the same programming across multiple platforms. It is difficult for black people to do that because we can't broadcast in multiple programs without having those subscriber services buy into it. So if I had a network today, I would still have to plug into somebody else's network, which they don't really do with black folks. So there you have it. Black black people still, it's like owning a record company. You still need to get distributed. Well, we have the internet now, so it's not the same. But black companies wouldn't get the distributors. You know, so if you ask about Death Row, which Jimmy Ivey, through his Interscope, who was pretty much bankrupt, you know, because he had Foreigner and all these yeah. black uh, white rock groups who were who were in the late '80s um, or early '80s. They were not as popular, so they were about to file bankruptcy when um, Ruthless came around, and they actually started distributing um, NWA and all that other stuff. And then Jimmy IV is like this genius now, but he's mm-hmm. he is still another what we like to call a a profiteer of a black culture, even though people don't look at him that way. But that's really how Interscope got big again. So they did mm-hmm. Ruthless, and they did distributed Death Row, right? So when they split up, he's still making money off of both of them. They're still a con- exactly. conduit, you know. And, um, you know, Ice Cube, when he came out, went through Priority, which probably cut a mm-hmm. deal with Interscope. <laughs> so there you have it. <laughs> All right. So yeah. Now, um, yeah. So so actually, I'll kind of kind of end on that because I know we're coming up against it. But it, it's it's yeah. one of those things that when we talk about you know black media and media ownership and why black people don't do news and tell news from their certain perspective is because the white companies that own the outlets that put that out will not let you tell news from a certain perspective. You still have to have That's those kind sure. of agreements. Yep. That is for sure. All right. Yep. So there you have it with our with our news. We we ended just before we just got booted out of here. <laughs> I, I think we're close <laughs> exactly. up against it, right? Yep, we you are. Know. Very close. Yep. Yeah, we should lose, use our last couple of seconds to tell Jay jokes, but we're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think my chest is in the archives. There you go. <laughs> All right, so we'll see you again next week. <laughs> All right, brother. Have a good one now. All right, you too. Mm-hmm.